Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. What a day. What a day. Prince Charles' birthday. He's 70 today. Theresa May says she has a Brexit deal. We'll find out about that a little bit later on. Primary school kids should be taught about lesbians. I mean, how many are there in primary school, for goodness sake? Uh, also, Eddie Redmayne, every inch the male model at the Fantastic Beasts premiere last night. And for some reason, inexplicably known to anybody, uh, the youngest member of Essex's dreary old Wright family turned up as well. She has no claim to fame at all. She's not in the film, as far as I know. They just sort of stand there and go, oh, right, you, you, are you a model? Yeah, I'm Bono, model, yeah. Not really. Christine McGuinness, also not a model, heads out with her photographer yet again. What a bore she is. The final line of inquiry for Madeleine McCann, another 150,000 quid, taking it to, I don't know, about 12.5 million, I think, so far. And, and so far, nothing. Nothing. Not a peanut, not a, not a glimmer, no line of inquiry, nothing. And yet still we shove money into it. You didn't seem to be at all happy about it last night. It's interesting because, you know, every time the police say, oh, we've, we've got a new line of inquiry. No, they haven't. No, they absolutely haven't. You know, apart from somebody phoning up going, oh, I think I've just seen Madeleine McCann. They go, oh, right, where would that be? Uh, on a gypsy encampment in, in Tunisia. OK, we'll spend money flying over there and we're going to have a look. They come back. No, it isn't Madeleine McCann. And, um, and they weren't gypsies anyway. And so you, you get all of that kind of stuff. And it just, it just perpetuates. It just keeps on going because they've got nothing. They couldn't find her. They don't know. They don't even know how she vanished. So what are they looking for? They're looking for nothing. They're looking for a needle in a haystack. I mean, you know, I mean, far be it from me to suggest it, but you certainly did a couple of times, that the police are on some sort of jolly with this thing. You know, they, they must be sitting in this room. I mean, are they, are they waiting for the phone to ring? And somebody goes, I've just seen her in Bournemouth or something like that. I mean, it's, they, they've got nothing. All this codswallop about different leads. It's come to nothing after this amount of time. Nothing at all. No leads, nothing concrete. They didn't find a body. They haven't found any clothing. They haven't found anything. Absolutely nothing. There's other people living in this hotel room now. There's other people there. They've been renting it out for ages and ages. Where do you go from here? Answer, they keep shoving more money into something that really is existing for the purpose of a group of men sitting in a room staring at the walls. Because there's nothing to find. There isn't anything. Nobody knows how she disappeared. So uh, you weren't too keen about that. Of course, a lot of people pointing out earlier on that, you know, it's because she's white middle class. If this had been, you know, a black child or if this had been somebody from a sink estate, there were, there were suggestions that uh, they wouldn't have shoved half this money into it. You imagine, are we going to look for your child? We're going to spend £12 million. Where does it come from? Where does it come from? The answer is, it comes from us. We're, we're paying for it, but there isn't anything at all. The police keep coming up with this, oh, you know, we, we, we have a new lead. Do you say this just because you're running out of money? Because so far the last lead came to nothing, did it? Absolutely nothing. Somebody says that there should be, you know, a public inquiry to account for the spend. Well, they've given them the money. You, don't, you can't have a public inquiry after you've, after you've genuinely given them the money for it. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, to, to be honest with you, uh, I think the thing is a no-brainer. No but if I was the parents of Madeleine McCann, I'd be welcoming the opportunity uh, for the amount of money that they put into it to achieve zero. Absolutely a big fact, nothing. Do you have any leads? No. 
Well, why do you keep saying you have? Because uh, somebody phoned up and um, um, so we have to pursue all the, all the... Well, you could keep it going for ages. Enough mad people in this world keep phoning up saying, I think I've just seen Madeleine McCann shopping in Aldi. You know, and, and they'll go, oh, right, but go down. Which, which Aldi was it? Well, I can't remember which one it was, but she was definitely... Darren's what? She's been seen in Tesco. I mean, really, lo- Looney Tunes, isn't it? It is Looney Tunes. It's just madness. It's an awful lot of money, though. It's an awful lot of money. £12.5 million to find nothing. They haven't found an item of clothing. They haven't got any DNA. They've got nothing at all. Nobody knows where she went to. She vanished in a spaceship some years ago and is never likely to come back down again, I don't think. But the government are obviously caught between the devil and the deep blue sea. Oh, uh, let's put some more money in. Well, how much? 150000 Well, what's that paying for? I wouldn't mind, but the McCanns have got their own little secret fund, haven't they? That's what people keep telling me. And I keep going, well, I don't know. Why haven't they sort of questioned all the other people who were at the dinner party that night that she vanished? You know, might as well start on home base and try and find out what everybody was doing. It just doesn't make any sense to me that we keep shoving money into it and we don't seem to be getting any closer. Um, What was the other one? Um, Five British cities. This is quite good, actually. I was quite pleased about this. Uh, We'll get super fast 5G broadband next year. Yeah, woo. Thank you. Charles turns 70 today. Not king yet, Charlie. Not likely to be, unless your mother's going to be telling porky pies. She said she's in it for the long haul. She's not in it. You know, she, in theory, should not be stepping down at all. Not just because it's a case that you want a game, you know, playing with all the toys, Charles. You know, do do your own thing so you can set your mark on it. Because otherwise, people are going to be saying, why did she tell lies to us? Because, you know, we we rape the Queen. She's like our second favourite royal. For many, the first favourite royal. And so they're all saying, you know, well, she'll be breaking a vow that she gave to everybody. Which is, she's there until she dies. And then the next person takes over. Just because Charles might be, you know, thumping his foot on the ground. He had a little do the other night. Loads of people turned up and it was great. Sooty and Sweep turned up. Uh, Bill Bailey, always the star of the show as far as I'm concerned. I think he's so, so clever. Uh, also, um, oh, a lot of people not liking this money, are they? Another 150 grand into the Met Holiday Fund, says John. How many people are there working on it? Because I'm working out, it's, so it's for six months. How much would these coppers earn? 2,000 a month each take home? 3,000? I mean, so, I, I just don't, so for six of them, that's eight, well, it just, it just doesn't work. Financially, it doesn't work out. Perhaps some of them are just sort of sitting there answering the telephone. Perhaps they just use it for a holiday fund, which has been suggested by quite a number of people. I mean, it, it, it is unbelievable to think that there are lots of, of missing children that we haven't spent a bean on. And here is a child who was abandoned by her parents. We know the story. They tiddled off and left her sitting in a room or asleep in a room with, with, the, with the siblings. And also, you have to ask yourself the question, if it was somebody who was out to steal a child and they've got no idea, this is just pure guesswork, why did they not take the twins? Or why, why did they take Madeline? Because the answer is she wasn't abducted at all. And that theory is about as good as it's going to get. It does, you know, I could say she was abducted by aliens. I think really, as I said before, I think she wandered out. As kids do, you wake up. Cause we've all done it. How many times, you know, as a little child, do you remember your parents guiding you back from the bathroom to the bedroom? And so I think she went off to look for the bathroom, wandered out into the road, got hit by a car, and somebody went, oh, my God, and, uh, and sort of took her away. I can't think of anything else. They didn't see anything. There was no... I mean, what sort of a dumb place was it they were staying? You know, doctors, and they're staying in a place that had no CCTV, 
Well, it wasn't working, as far as we know. And there were no available nannies. Well, why did you leave the children? All these, you know, questions been asked year after year after year after year, and there's no answer. At the end of it, there's absolutely nothing at all. I don't know what we're supposed to do about it. Very worrying. Uh, there's a mum here who kept cocaine in a Kinder Surprise egg. Just been jailed for six years. Uh, Susanna Reid says she misses shots. She's, she's sort of stopped drinking alcohol. Uh, Cambridge is going to get the spitting image Margaret Thatcher puppet. I don't know what they want with it. Um, and um, what have we got here? Oh, the Ruthless Council's raking in £41 million a year from bus lane fines. There's also a case of a council on Remembrance Sunday. The service went over a little bit when they were at their, their war memorial. And so the, the council operatives came around and put tickets on the cars. What a bunch of peasants, eh? What a bunch of peasants. We'll tell you the council and just how mean they are and how mean-spirited. And uh, a lot of people criticising old uh, Corbyn, just copying what Michael Foote was, a bit of a slob, wandered about, you know, didn't bother, you know, dis couldn't really care less about people dying in war. That's why he turned up like that. He had no respect for them. I couldn't care less, you know, what his beliefs are. You At least when you're turning... I mean, if you don't want to turn up for something like that, Mr Corbyn, well, then bugger off somewhere else. Don't waste your time dissing the people who gave their life so a prat like you can survive. Seriously, because they wasted their time. It was just really awful. But, of course, you know best. You know best. And then there was a picture in the paper of the three degrees. Well, they didn't look like the three degrees that I remember. And, um, and they've got a couple of them. I didn't even recognise the names, which wasn't very good. And if you go out with Cristiano Ronaldo, and I would urge you to go out with Cristiano Ronaldo, he's got loads of money. He went to Scott's. Scott's is is, uh, is sort of a famous fish restaurant. It's sort of it's where you can you know sell people you know bottles of wine at prices you've never even heard of before. So he spent on two bottles of wine at Scott's. How much? Come on, here we go. Twenty seven thousand pounds. One bottle was eighteen thousand, and the other bottle was uh, was nine, I think, or something like that. <laughs> on two bottles of wine. What's the most I've ever spent? At six ninety nine. No, I mean, I, I would buy a bottle of Prosecco at about 25 quid. That would be my, my top whack. Because I know how much Prosecco costs, so I know how much they're ripping me off. But at least I understand it. If it's, if it's a bottle of wine at £18,000, I couldn't justify spending 18000 I haven't got 18000 Sorry? Uh, I, I, would, I would probably get a bottle of... In fact, I bought a bottle of champagne at the Royal Albert Hall for Cliff's uh, show, and that was £100. Because it was a vintage bottle. I wanted to take the bottle home and the chairs and the curtains in the box, but uh, apparently I wasn't allowed to. But uh, I spent £100 because I, I, I do that once every, you know, every like 15 years. But to go and spend 27,000 quid on, on two bottles of wine seems extortionate to me. Excuse me. He does earn 30 million euros a year. But I mean, that's a... I mean, I don't want to be rude. But you seriously think that Cristiano Ronaldo knows anything about wine? Hey, Cristiano, yeah, see? Uh, 18,000 for this. Oh, we have one of those. What does it taste like? Tastes like a mama used to make. You know, it's a case of, it's an awful lot of money for a bottle of wine. Even 9,000 quid, I wouldn't spend it. But there were people who went to Gordon Ramsay some years ago, and I think they spent 60,000 quid on wine in a lunchtime, in the days when the city was looking fairly, uh, fairly promising. Lovely. Uh, Noel Edmonds has popped into the jungle for 600,000 pounds, they've said. That must really, really annoy all the other people who've only earned 40000 They get How much are you getting? 600000 What? Why am I not getting that? Because you're nobody. 
Because you're nobody. Michael Parkinson apparently says he couldn't help George Best boozing because of his own drinking. Good Lord above, you're not telling me old Parky was a bit uh, a bit piddled. You know, I mean, it might be. might be, really. Uh, what else do we have today? Uh, we like... Uh, oh, the bosses. They've signed up telefavourite Eve Miles. And whilst you ponder on who in God's name is Eve Miles, we didn't know who she was either. But apparently they've been really excited to sign her up. Whoopie-doo! Bit embarrassing, isn't it, really? Um, what was the other one that I quite had? Oh, yes, a woman who ate for 20 years only... Ice cream and sausages. Ice cream and sausages. Oh, she's a, a Welsh actress from... Uh, anyway, from Wales. Uh, graduated from the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama in 2000. This is Eve Miles. And then she was in uh, the BBC drama series Belonging. From... Uh, from... Whenever. And she was in Broadchurch. And uh, she's been in Doctor Who. But uh, apart from that, no idea, I'm afraid. I can't even pronounce where she comes from. I'll just, just tell you, she's got two children and, uh, and now she's, she lives in London. That's all I know. But uh, you know, they sort of, they, they've signed her up and everything else. And uh, she met Bradley Freegard at the National Youth Theatre and they married in Italy. Uh, in 2013, they've got two daughters, born in 2009 and two, 2014. And uh, she's also filmed Torchwood. I've still never heard of her. It doesn't help, does it? I do my best. Also, can you identify the backpacker attacker? There's a really, really good picture of him in the paper. Come on, let's pull together on this one. He pushed a woman into the road. So she fell nearly under the wheels of a car if it hadn't braked. But luckily, somebody standing on the other side of the road got a perfect picture of him, which uh, means that by, oh, I should imagine, already somebody's phoned up so I can tell you exactly who that is. It'll be somebody with a, quite a few screws loose. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, the Air Hunter. Somebody from television's Air Hunters tried to rip off a pensioner to earn a fat fee. We'll name and shame on the programme for this morning. And believe it or not, you can remember a name better than a face. Not me. Not, not me. I remember the face. I can't remember the blowing names. That's the, that's the most difficult thing. Ridiculous. Stuart says, I can't work out why the Portuguese police can't investigate the disappearance of Madeleine McCann. Would the Met police go over to America if a British child went missing there? Yeah, they would. They've been over to Portugal so many times. I mean, the Portuguese police are idiots. They don't want anything to do with this. They, they couldn't bear it. All they're trying to do is flog holidays. They didn't want, you know, so a child goes missing. Oh, nothing about that. The police chief wrote a, wrote a blooming book. What are Kate and Jerry living off? says Simon the Milkman. Well, they work. They do work. They have jobs. Have they returned to work? Yep. All the living off the donations. No, I don't think they, they can use things like that. But I've, I'm led to believe they've got in excess of a million pounds in their own little fighting fund. So why do they need to keep asking us money? Use your own money. Use your own money. But I, I just don't see any end in sight. No end at all. Steve, is there a hunt for Ben Needham? Uh, is it going to get the same amount of money put into his search, or do the McCanns only get this because they're upper class? Well, they're certainly not upper class, that's a fact. They're not upper class. They, at best, they're working to middle class, but because of their jobs, they would be classed as middle class, but they're certainly not upper class. And, uh, and they are financially stable. They don't need to worry about money at all. It's just that nobody knows where their daughter went. And so, for some reason, we're sort of pumping all this money in. I mean, please think they worked out what happened to Ben Needham, who, you remember, uh, went missing in 2017. They believe he died and was buried on Kos on the same day. 
Now, that's what I think's happened to Madeleine McCann. I think she was knocked down by a car or a lorry, and I think she's been buried somewhere, and nobody will ever know. You know, you won't know. I mean, Ben, ben vanished in 1991. And it took ages. Was there any money pumped into it? Yes. Was there 12 million? Nope, absolutely not. For some reason, the McCanns ended up going to Downing Street. And that's when they were able, they obviously thought about this quite carefully, and decided that, uh, you know, if if you actually target the Prime Minister, can we have some more money? So, consequently, they didn't. And they've been stuck ever since with having to keep coughing up more money. I wonder, you know, as we're 20,000 police officers short on the streets, how much this amount of money could have helped us. Really could have done. I'd, I mean, to be honest with you, much as I have every sympathy with the McCanns, it wasn't my fault. I wasn't over there, but it just seems a heck of a lot of money. Uh, Steve, now you've informed me what a Kinder's Egg surprise actually is. Yes. Oh, look, cocaine. Heavens above. This is a woman who hid it in her children's Kinder Egg Surprise. I've never had... I've seen them, but I've never bought a Kinder's Egg. It looks quite nice. You get a toy inside it. I'd rather have a Cadbury's uh, chocolate cream egg. My mother used to buy 48 packs from Macro for my brother and I back in the day. Days of Spice, when my waistline was more elasticated. Whew. Can you imagine? Apparently she had something like £240,000 worth of cocaine hidden in all these eggs. Unbelievable. Oh, I'm late. They're banned. What, Kinder? What for? Oh. You can buy guns, but you can't buy Kinder Egg. <laughs> Lord knows. I tell you, the stranger things in heaven and earth. In a minute! Whatever happened to the squirrel trying to cross the road in Richmond? Oh, no. Very embarrassing. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Brenda says that child was made too hot to handle by the parents. Uh, national... Uh, that the other children go missing. Uh, it means this cash is obscene and being taxpayers' money. Well, I don't know where it comes from. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't possibly comment because I've got no idea. There must be some fund for this. You can't just sort of keep delving into it. So, obviously, this, this fund must have had millions of pounds in it. Whether it's added to I really don't know. Somebody said, I'm sorry she went missing, Steve, but they shouldn't have left her in the first place. No, I agree with you. I agree they shouldn't, but I think they're aware of that. I think they're actually very well aware of they shouldn't have done, and, they, and they've got to live with it. But I forget how old she'd be now. I mean, there's no chance of recognising her. She'd be something like 13, would she not be? So, you know, do we keep shoving... Mar- I bet Nick Ferrari will have something to say to about that. I'm just having a quick... Yes, he is. Yeah. He's, he's questioning whether they should really have been given any more money. But the choice doesn't go to them. It goes to this this sort of fighting fund of these of these police officers. She'd be 15 now, would she? Good Lord, well, they're not going to recognise her at all. They sometimes do these pictures where they go, oh, this is what they would look like now. Well, that doesn't help me in the slightest, because the image in your mind is of a, of a young Mar- Madeleine McCann. Very odd. Uh, I have a jewel-it toaster too. It's a four-slicer in chrome. It's been going strong for 12 years. And it will toast crumpets nicely, says Holly. Oh, that sounds quite nice. I do like crumpets every so often. Not all the time, because they took longer to cook. Because you've got to, they have to go sort of crunchy on the top. I don't like soft crumpets. They've got to go sort of quite hard. Uh, Gareth Southgate has been made an honorary Yorkshireman. He's lived there for 15 years. Perhaps I could be a, 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 a sort of an honorary Twiconian or something. I don't know. Bit odd, isn't it? And, uh, and that woman, only ice cream and sausages for 20 years. It was She had an aversion to fruit and vegetables. So now... She's been cured of it, which must be quite... I mean, I should imagine after a time, you're probably thinking to yourself, oh, lovely. I mean, I don't think it's actually sausages in ice cream. I think it's ice cream 
and then it's sausages. And uh, that shit doesn't sound like a bad diet at all to me. I'm fuming, says Shane. Waited all day for my TV box set. Just got a text. The courier couldn't find my address. I live on the main road. I bet he didn't want to walk up to the first floor. Now I've got to wait till Friday. I always think in cases like that, get it delivered to somewhere local. We have no end of places that will accept parcels. And they um, and they just take them in and just go around and collect them from there. It's sort of, it's, it's like an automated system. Seems quite good, actually, although at the moment I haven't lost anything at all. Well, I don't think I have, because sometimes you can't remember exactly uh, what it is you've actually ordered. Uh, the bowing to mob rule. This was being talked about yesterday. A row over a cup of water that led to death threats, riots and global outrage. This is this woman in Pakistan who's had to go into hiding because uh, this mob rule out there, quite clearly sick, demented people, uh, are quite happy to string her up. Not only her, the judges who made the decision to release her from prison. They obviously think they, they know better. They're not the most bright people, as it has to be said. So uh, we'll wait there. We were complaining yesterday about the fact that the government dragged dragging their heels. Of course she should be given asylum here. Of course she should be. You know, and we should do our very best to protect her. And the government's saying, well, you know, there could be riots. Why would there be riots? The judges have decided to release her. There was no blasphemy. There was no, no blasphemy at all. Daily Mail today. How old are you now, Grandpa? Prince Charles, you know, this is, this is your son. You remember, remember William? And uh, Harry? Remember Harry? Oh, yeah. Uh, how are you, boys? You know, and here are their wives. Oh, Lord, about a pretty little thing. And, uh, and here's, here's Camilla trying to make sure that Princess Charlotte is looking in the right direction for the photograph. So can we all smile? We all look happy? I think the baby's got wind. Uh, OK, and we take the picture. And so you've got Camilla pointing. And then you go, like that. And then you take the blooming picture. So Camilla has to put her arm down very quickly. JK looking as wizard as, as ever. This is uh, at the crimes of Grindelwald, Fantastic Beast. All sorts of people were there. Uh, Johnny Depp with Jude Law, Eddie Redmayne with his wife. He's very good-looking, Eddie Redmayne, isn't he? I mean, very good-looking. And uh, and J.K. Rowling, you know, from 2001 to now, she doesn't look as though she's aged at all. She looks exactly the same. And she's filthy rich. She's absolutely filthy rich, which is uh, something we like as well, because she's not she's not really affected. Well, she doesn't appear to be affected by anything at all. She's uh, you're going to see the film on Friday. Would you like to? Okay, of course not. No, definitely not. Can't think of anything worse. Sitting in a cinema, I'd be asleep in five minutes. I can't even manage to make screenings nowadays. They say we've got a screening of whatever it is, and I go, go. I can guarantee within two minutes of sitting in these screening rooms, where you're sitting in big, luxurious armchairs and big comfort, I'm out for the count. You go to a cheap cinema. Yeah, I've been to cheap cinemas. I don't like cheap cinemas either. How much is cheap? A fiver. That's very cheap. That's very, very cheap. Uh, anyway, so on the Madeline. McCann, 150,000. The Home Office confirmed yesterday they've allocated the money to allow Scotland Yard to continue its investigation until March. So you've got January, February, March, December. December, January, February, March. Four months that money's going to survive. And uh, so it's 11.75 million so far. Uh, Madeline was three and she disappeared. Uh, her parents have pledged never to give up the search, but they're not searching. They're sitting at home. The police are doing the searching and they've sifted and translated 40,000 documents. 600 persons of interest have been examined and alleged sightings of Madeleine in Brazil, India, Morocco and Paraguay on a German plane and in a New Zealand, New Zealand supermarket were followed up before being dismissed. Oh, for God's sake, honestly. You can't make it up, can you? 
well, I don't think you can make it up much more. So I think this has to be it. You just have to do it. But then, of course, the police are going to come in for it, aren't they? Because they've, they've been doing it for all these years. And they're going to go, oh, so all of a sudden you've now decided to withdraw the money. And they're going to have to go, hold their hands up. We haven't got any leads. We've never had any leads. We've just faffed around for ages. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Wednesday, the 14th of November. It's LBC. A little bit later on, we'll have a chat to Theo Usherwood about Judgment Day. Tory rebels crying betrayal and warning that the Prime Minister's days are numbered. This is after Theresa May uh, has secured, they say, a withdrawal agreement with Brussels. What does it mean? Where do we go from here? We'll find out about 6.20 this morning with Theo Usherwood. Uh, there's also Cambridge to get the spitting images Maggie. I don't know where it's been, actually. Oh, it's been owned by uh, Roger Law. And uh, he's decided that other items, including uh, puppet moulds and sketches and scripts from all 18 series from 1984 to 96, the Thatcher puppet was one of three adding children see that and think it's Theresa May. Not those of us who used to watch Spitting Image. Not those of us who used to watch it. So we got ten BAFTAs, two Emmys and all the rest of it. I went to the Cartoon Gallery a couple of years ago now and they had a a Spitting Image thing with some of the puppets. They were really good. They were really good. I miss miss Spitting Image. I think we should definitely definitely bring it back. That would be a very good one. Sarah Vine talks today about Holly Willabooby is mild uh, because she's, uh, they say, replacing Naughty Aunt McPartland in the the jungle and i thought well they weren't they, they they were never naughty on i mean they just presented it as a straightforward program and of course she could do the naughty because she's done celebrity juice produced by her husband they say uh, well sarah says she's a very professional presenter but in terms of personality isn't she a bit well safe i imagine willoughby's idea of cheeky as asking for an extra shot of decaf in her soya latte Oh, well, the, don't watch Celebrity Juice, then. You'll hear the most amazing things emanating from her mouth, and you'll watch her doing things. You'll be going, oh, my God, what's she doing that for? Answer, her husband told her to. He produces the programme. Uh, also, uh, a lot of people invited to contact Clarence House beforehand for uh, Prince Charles's 70th birthday tonight. So there'll be a, a group of select people there. A source says Charles's office maintains a list of relatively inexpensive items that he would prefer. Uh, a present is never expected. Donations to charity are preferred. You know, like a million. And uh, that'd be quite nice. In fact, you could probably give more than a million. You know, he doesn't want a set of beach towels, does he? He's not going to be worrying about something like that. Also, comic book uh, creator Stan Lee who died age 95, disapproved of claims that Spider-Man might be portrayed as uh, bisexual. Never even thought about it. Never thought about it. He told a fan's convention, if it's true, I'm going to make a couple of phone calls. I figure one sex is enough for anybody. Well, there you go. Going to prove that, you know, you can get to 95, but you still might not have your marbles around you. Who comes up with this stuff? Who seriously thinks, oh, Spider-Man's bisexual? I never even crossed my mind. I wouldn't be remotely interested, actually. Uh, An MP has accused the Foreign Office of stalling on asylum for that Christian mother over fears that British diplomats in Pakistan face attacks by fanatics. When they have fanatics, they have fanatics. And to be honest with you, this uh, Asia Bibi, with two of her children, should be given asylum. It's as simple as that. And it's our job to protect her from these lunatics. I mean, seriously, you know, she mentioned something. It was nothing. It was nothing. But because they're all a bit simple... You know, the, the, these fanatics, they don't really know. And then it's, it's sort of mob rule. And they'd be more than happy to hang her up. Seriously, if they managed to get hold of her, she'd be, she'd be hanged. It's as simple as that. 
Uh, Mylene Class, very cross. Very cross today. Why? Because she's been used in a cosmetic surgery promotion ad. And she says here, I'm all real. And uh, she says, I've got this through, uh, through hard work, hustle and a whole reel of gaffer tape. No knives, no silicon, no extra pressure on women, full stop. And so she's, she's attacked this particular company. I think it's shameful that they've actually used her in an advert for something like that. I mean, it's, it's just appalling. She should, be taking, um, she should be taking legal advice. She hasn't ever used this company. She's got nothing to do with it. I would think there's money there. And also, can pregnancy really change your face, honestly? So Cheryl pops out the other day. And uh, last time we saw her, she looked quite nice. Now she looks dreadful. Dreadful. The face has all gone puffy. Fuller cheeks, dark circles underneath the eyes, plumper lips, a rounded chin, a broader neck and darker hair. But the hair's in terrible condition. When you look at it last time round, because it's all done for the cameras, it's all primping and preening. But uh, so she, she, she claims it, it's pregnancy and a pillow. Also, other side effects you could be experiencing. Swelling feet, swelling feet, uh, shrinking brain, lower voice. Hormones can change the pitch of a woman's voice. Standing taller, it's quite common, actually, for women, uh, during the uh, the side effects of this, uh, grow taller. I mean, not hugely tall. They're not going to go from sort of like two foot six to nine foot. But uh, you could grow a few a, a few centimetres. Always useful, I always say. Uh, and changing tastes. They say not just during pregnancy, but afterwards. Some people reported food intolerances, as well as a stronger sense of smell. All due... To your uh, your fluctuating hormones, honestly, I was going to say it sounds quite exciting, but any woman listening who's going through it is going, it's really not, Steve. It really is not. Uh, also, the police who say we may only be able to offer a basic service in Wild West Britain, and the rogue TV hunter. Oh, here he is, Andrew Fraser. He's an air hunter who's featured on the BBC. You see the programme. Somebody dies and they have to try and trace the family and it's between a few companies. They all try and get to the person first. And uh, this particular one, Andrew Fraser, now faces a quarter of a million pound legal bill following his belligerent and provocative actions over the estate of a 1930s model. She left her North London house to her nephew uh, two years before her death, aged 98 in 2011, but the will was mislaid and not formally admitted to probate, bringing the seemingly abandoned home to the attention of the air hunter, Mr Fraser. Air hunters track down missing or unknown relatives entitled to unclaimed estates. And then what they do is they offer to do it for them and they take a percentage. That's how they make their money. So Mr Fraser, Andrew Fraser, set about tracing this lady's heirs in an attempt to make a £75,000 commission. That's how much is in it. There's a lot of money at stake here. And uh, he unearthed up to 30 distant relatives and tried to sell the house. Taking control of Mrs Amstel's estate with gusto, he changed the locks on the home, cleared it and ran up six-figure bills in a bid to play the game and squeeze her rightful heir. He also embarked on a hugely expensive 12-month trawl through medical records in a pointless attempt to prove that this particular lady had lost the mental capacity to make a will. Even after he dropped the challenge to the inheritance, Mr Fraser went to court to get him and 22 animal charities, also named in the will, to pay his £134,000 air hunting costs. Well, anyway, the judge, Gerald, ordered him to pay the entire costs, more than a quarter of a million, and said he had been primarily focused on his financial gain. Well, that's what they do it for. It's a business, isn't it? The judge said Mr Fraser acted in a belligerent 
and provocative manner which appeared to be intent to run up costs and bring pressure to bear on this man to withdraw or settle the claim. Obviously not a very pleasant person at all. And uh, so the home, I, th I don't know how much the home was worth, but obviously quite a, quite a bit of money. Uh, anyway, Mr Fraser said last night his bill was nowhere near the 250000 He'd also insisted he'd acted properly and nobody had done anything with the will in the six years before we became involved. What's it going to do with you? Mind your own business. They could leave it there for as long as they want, actually, I would have thought. But uh, representing the, uh, the man who was hoping to get the money at uh, Central London County Court, somebody said to Mr Fraser, if he's left out of pocket, that's entirely... His fault. It's understood there are no criminal charges arising from the case. A bit naughty, isn't it? You go in there, you change the uh, the doors. A friend of mine had something very similar, not with this company, but with others. There's quite a few of them. And they will contact you. Or they put an advert in the paper, you know, looking for relatives for so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. And a state worth 40,000. It'll generally be either, you know, made up of shares and things like that. Or if it's in case of a property, it can be worth, you know, five, six, seven hundred thousand, if not more. If the person's lived there for a long time and it's in a particularly good area. So so that's why. But when you start sort of messing around with things, you get yourself into trouble and then you bring shame on, on the company, which is not so good. Congratulations to Prince Charles. Cornish organic biscuits all round, says Paul. And Jim says, on, Jim says on the subject of funds, would it be OK if we started a crowdfunding to purchase a cryo cubicle for you just in case? Then you can be preserved for future listeners. A wonderful idea. I thought about that some years ago. We did a feature on LBC years ago with one of our reporters and she was looking at, is it cryogenics? And this is where you, you die, but you can have a bit of you frozen. And they made a film, Mel Gibson starred in this film, where sort of kids discovered a freezer in a, in a lock-up. And for some reason it had still been plugged in. Nobody mentioned the, the electricity bill, which would be absolutely enormous. Oh, before anybody texts in, Walt Disney was not frozen, OK? He does not exist in the Magic Kingdom. He died, OK? It's as simple as that. It's a good story, but it's not true. I know, just in case you think he's buried in, the, uh, in Snow White's castle or Cinderella's castle, somebody's blooming castle, in Anaheim, it's not true, OK? But just, you know. But, sorry? I felt, well, I, I did fancy it, but then I thought to myself, and you say to somebody, right, I'm going to set aside a quarter of a million to look after me, and, and you could just freeze bits of you, so you could have your head frozen. So then, if they discovered a cure in years to come, they could then bring you back to life. What would be the point of that? What would be the point of that? So there you are, alive, you know, 60, 70 years down the line. You don't know anybody. You have nowhere to live. Your clothes would have shrunk beyond belief. So what are you going to do? You're going to pop and go, hello, I've just been frozen for the last 50, 60 years. Yeah, right, mate. And uh, I'd like to say how, how well I'm feeling. And it's great. Thank you very much indeed. It's just rubbish. It's just rubbish. There's a load of people. They've had different bits of themselves frozen so that they can, they can then be brought back to life again. But you wouldn't have any friends. You'd have no family for a start. They'd all be dead long since. They go, oh, your Uncle Stephen people spoke about. What are you doing here? Um... I don't know, because I'm assuming that your face is going to age, isn't it? You know, there might be bits that they can cure, like if they had a cure for I don't know, leprosy or whatever it happened to be. And be. Who would you talk to? How would you survive financially? What would you do? Go, go to your local council and go, by the way, um, I've been cryogenically frozen. Now I'm unfrozen. And uh, are there any benefits due to me? And they go, well, you need to fill in the form, mate. And you go, I'm sorry, I've been asleep for the past 45 years. I have no ability to write. I've completely lost. I've I've come straight here, and uh, and I, I was wondering actually because I used to be a presenter. Uh, is there still the spike? 
you know, and they'd be going, I'm sorry, we don't know what you're talking about. And i go, um, Steve Allen, hello, does that help? Uh, I was a well-known radio presenter, not a celebrity, just a radio presenter. And I was wondering if there's, uh, if there's any sort of, uh, you know, any sort of comeback. I mean, could I actually come back to the, to the company? They go, well, well, not now, because the station you used to work for is now Russian. And <laughs> there's very little chance, comrades, of you getting anything there. We have a lot of political songs being played first thing in the morning. Oh, right, OK. So, um, yes. Um, uh, should I go back to my old flat? Unfortunately not. Um, it was bombed during the war. War? What war? Uh, the war that we've just had. You know. <laughs> It's the only national anthem I've never learnt the words to, but I watched some schoolchildren singing it on YouTube, and I think it's the National Youth Choir of Russia. And they all sing it, but obviously somebody said to them, OK, you will all sing with gusto. And boy, do they sing with gusto. There's little kids with their little bow ties. It's so cute to watch. You know, little realising they're growing up in a country full of alcoholics and a complete madman for president. But apart from that, the thing is fine. They've got loads of history and they've got somebody in a mausoleum who's falling apart. I should imagine by that time he'd have fallen apart completely. Might as well have put Sooty, Sweep and Sue in there just to have some sort of effect. Which was nice the other day because Sooty and Sweep turned up for Prince Charles's birthday celebrations and they had loads of people there and, and, and Prince Charles bent down to talk to them like they were real. And he said, hello. And, and Sooty just goes, oh, "Izzy wizzy, let's get busy. And, uh, and Sweep goes, oh, he didn't do anything actually, Sweep, I don't think so. Oh, dear me, honestly. Can you imagine? Yes, all of a sudden we're singing the... Mind you, we're very lucky to be singing the English National Anthem. We could have been singing the German one if the royal family had had their way because they are the Saxe-Cobergs. Forever Young is the Mel Gibson film. It was the most bizarre film. If you wanted to pick holes in it, you could pick holes in it quite easily. But uh, we didn't. We just sort of went along with the fact that it was... Oh, and the film I watched the other day. Oh, I must tell you about it. It's called When the Screaming Stopped. And it's the, the Bross Brothers film. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I'll tell you all about it in a moment. Just in case you haven't ordered it, I could save you the money. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning everybody. Nice to have your company. Welcome to Wednesday, the 14th of November. So I did buy, I did sort of buy into the Bross thing and I was intrigued to see the DVD, which is called After the Screaming Stopped. And it had various interviews with, uh, with Matt and Luke. And it had screaming... Uh, expletive-laden arguments, uh, mainly between Matt and Luke. Uh, Matt, who has no sense of the occasion whatsoever, is quite a miserable person. Uh, he's obviously very superstitious. He has crystals all about his, uh, his property, which I'm assuming he must be renting. And uh, then they had sort of interviews with him uh, there. Then they had sort of early clips of Bross. And then it showed them rehearsing for the show... Uh, Wembley or the O2 or wherever it was they did the show. I think it was the O2. And, uh, and so Matt flies in. Matt always playing the celebrity. Whereas, in fact, it finished a long time ago. It really finished a long time ago. But they, they've still got loyal fans, and so the tickets went on sale. But uh, at that moment, they didn't have a show of anything. They had to start sort of sitting down and doing it. And that was the big problem. That was the big problem. Because all of a sudden, they start arguing. And at one point, Matt comes up and threatens his, his brother. 
I mean, at the end of it, you know, obviously sort of, you know, happiness kicks in and they're all sort of hugs and kissing and all the rest of it. Matt's still single. Surprise, surprise. Uh, mainly because he's very unsure of everything. Very unsure. In fact, he, he comes over as just almost sort of slightly neurotic in this. He's, you know, everything. He's sort of playing star. He's playing everything. And when eventually Luke went, you know, I've had enough. I want to split. He, he spent most of his time, you know, sobbing to himself because he couldn't cope with everything. It was a very interesting insight into Luke, who's very established with his uh, wife and, uh, and, uh, and child. It was her, her child from another relationship. And, uh, and Matt, it was just a pain, an absolute pain, which, strangely enough, even before I'd seen the film, I talked about it the other week, and I did say, you know, if he actually gets himself or his head out of his rear end, he might be quite a nice person. But unfortunately, he doesn't know how to deal with people. He just really doesn't. It's all a bit of a, a bit of a sham. It's all a little bit of a, of a staging. And, and I wasn't sure how much of the film was genuine and how much was made up, because there was a lot of bad language, a lot of bad language. And then eventually, they finally got the show back together again, and, of course, there was no mention of, you know, they sold out loads, but then it turned out they had to cancel quite a few shows because there wasn't the interest. You know, everybody's got a peak limit to how many. You know, if, if you've got, you know, um, a place like Wembley, which can hold, I don't know, 8,000, whatever it happens to be, the Spice Girls can sell that out, so they put on some more dates and they can sell those out. Whereas Bross, they couldn't do that. So this was all culminating, and there were loads of people clapping and cheering and doing the usual thing. And that's exactly how it, how it should have been. But the trouble is nobody told them that the money was going to run out. Nobody told them that they couldn't keep buying clips. I mean, every time we had another shot of Matt, he was wearing another outfit. Whereas Luke was obviously far more sensible. In fact, he said the worst moment for him was when they didn't have any money. They were broke. And he had to ask Shirley for the, uh, the engagement ring back so they could pawn it to get some money together. Matt, of course, had no such interest whatsoever in anything like that. He just put another thing on and kept sort of, you know, because I'm sort of quite deep and all this. And I'm beginning to think you're mad as a fruitcake. Mad as a fruitcake. Most of it just appeared to be general excuses as to his bad behaviour. And it really was bad behaviour. You know, you know, how can you do this to me? You know, and then their mother died. Uh, no, I think their, their sister was killed, first of all, then their mother died, and that appeared to uh, affect them very badly, which you can only imagine it, it would. In fact, on one of them, I think, the mother died, and they had to go and collect an award from Terry Wogan uh, for selling so many so many thousands, hundreds of thousands of copies and all the rest of it. The only thing you, you sort of gather from this is, um, is that Matt's life is incre incredibly lonely. He doesn't appear to have any friends. On this thing here, we didn't see any friends. We saw them going round to where they used to live and the fans who used to be outside their front door and all that. So it was an interesting, an interesting experiment, but I wasn't sure that we understood anything more about them, apart from Luke appears to be more sensible and Matt's living in cloud cuckoo land. And once he, as I say, takes his head out of his rear end, he might actually be a really, really nice person. Would have been so much easier. But a fascinating insight into, you know, people who are big and then the money went. And they didn't know that to sort of get itemised it. They all of a sudden they had no money, no money at all. Uh, Steve, Holly's OK, but Deck and Stephen Mulhern would have been absolutely fabulous in the jungle together. Or would they be so brilliant that Ant would never be able to get his foot back in the door? I'm not totally convinced that he's going to go back into the business. I'm not totally convinced. He's, he's had time out. And, um, and, I'm, I'm, and I think to myself, you know, it's, it's I don't know, it's, it's, it's a problem, isn't it? It is a problem. The Spice Girls have shifted over £600,000 worth of tickets since Saturday. 
says a friend of mine. I hear a whisper of another stadium date. I think they're putting in another three dates. Three dates, because that's, that's it. But the problem is, the problem comes, as I said the other day on the Spice Girls, that if a lot of those tickets have been bought by touts, they're looking to inflate the price. So if you bought... A friend of mine, Paul, bought four tickets the other day, the best part of £300. The best part of 300 quid. So they were about 80 quid of each or whatever it was, I can't remember. And, um, and I said, oh, you're looking forward... He said, yeah, the, it, it's not a bad view. I thought, what, for that amount of money, I'd expect I'd be expected to be on the stage. But there is the danger that if they're bought by touts, they're only going to put them up on those uh, websites to resell the tickets because they're looking to make a profit. And there was a pair of tickets that came up the other day for the Spice Girls for £14,500. Well, who in their right mind's going to spend that money? That's the problem, isn't it? That is the problem, that they don't have, oh, 600,000 tickets. You see, that's, that's a lot of tickets to shift. But if they're just on paper... And they're not actual, you know, they will be tickets, but they could sit there empty because if they've been bought by touts, they're looking to, to double their money at least, at least. So there you go. Steve, one thing would still be recognisable to you 60 or 70 years on from Frozen. Charles will still be waiting to inherit the throne, says James. Yes. <laughs> I think he wants to do it before he sort of pops his clogs, I suppose. Ian says, first thing I'd want... It's 45 years back pay on my pension if I'd come back to life and remind them I'm due a telegram from the Queen, despite being a few years late. Yes, I don't suspect it would be the Queen there at all. Could be William by that time. And uh, Conrad says, what a terrific tune the Russians have. Makes our anthem seem insipid. Well, they, they, they keep thinking that we should change ours to, uh, is it Jerusalem? They like, they like Jerusalem. I'll sing, well, I like our national anthem, but the Russian one's very good. German one's quite nice too. Uh, Russian troops, Steve, marching up Twickenham High Street with snow on their boots. Can you imagine if they came out of, you know, there was mist, and all of a sudden out of, and they all come out of the mist, and you go, oh my God, we've been taken over by the Russians. Dear me, that'd be a thing, isn't it? Paul says, do you believe in reincarnation? I don't. I don't. He says he he doesn't. He wants to come back as a can of condensed milk. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, reincarnate. I have thought about that only briefly. You know, you, you know, you think about something. You go, "What about reincarnation? Would that be, would, would that be good? Would that be entertaining?" I mean, imagine what stories you'd have to tell. Imagine if if you were, or failing that, if you were transported back in time. I'd like to go back to Roman times and say, uh, you know, to some of the emperors, "Watch your back." You know, it's going to be a bit of a rough ride. Yes, whatever. No, no, seriously, seriously. It's all going to end in, in tears, I promise you. And then you could say to people, you know, I've got this great trick with loaves and fishes. You're going to love this one. You watch this one. I'm going to feed 5,000 people. Yeah, how's that going to happen? I don't know, but some bloke will come along a few years later and he'll actually attempt to do it. It would be half as good as mine. Half as good as mine. Imagine trying to sort of wait for the Queen to do your... your I, I proudly decide, because he wouldn't be around. I'd be talking... I'd be going, sorry, who are these people on the throne? And they'd be going... Well, actually, that's Queen Charlotte. That's their, their, their little one. And she's now inherited the throne at the age of 14. And you go, oh, what's she like? They go, well, she's fairly radical. Buckingham Palace is now squats. And uh, anybody can just turn up there. Give them a pound and you can pick any room you like. I've got the state room. It's fantastic. But the furniture's a bit naff. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Nice heavy company. Welcome along to the uh, programme. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. That's the only apology you're going to get between now and seven o'clock because it's a day when uh, hopefully we shall find out more on Theresa May facing Judgment Day, I think. 
on this historic Brexit deal. So she's called in the Cabinet one by one. We've, we've, we've dragged in, well, we, we will do in about an hour and 20 minutes, Theo Usherwood, and he can try and explain it to us in language that we all understand, because otherwise we've got no idea. I must tell you the story of a guy called John Godden. Uh, John Godden lost, not the first time we've done a story like this, is it? £9,000. But his bank barely seemed to care. And here is the scam, OK? It can happen to any of you because you believe it. Because I've done it before. You know when you get sort of a phone call and you look at the number? I immediately go on to Google and I put the number in to see what it is. Anyway, John uh, thought he'd been duped out of £9,000 by scammers. So he made a phone call to the bank. It was just an hour after the fraud had occurred. And the retired engineer assumed Santander would try to claw back his life savings as a matter of urgency. In fact, he would later discover... The bank's fraud team made just one attempt to contact the receiving bank and gave up, it's the TSB by the way, when the line was engaged. Santander did not then try again until the next morning, finally getting through at 9.07 to report that their long-standing customer had been a victim of a crime. Unsurprisingly, the money was long gone. John is 71, lives with his partner Rosemary, got a call on Saturday at around 5pm from somebody claiming to be a Sky representative. Why do people answer the phones? Where do they get your numbers from? The caller offered him a 35% discount on his TV bill and seemed to know a lot about him, including bank details such as debit card numbers. John did not accept the discount. But the call had made him so nervous, he rang his bank, Santander, to cancel his Sky Direct debit. Ten minutes later, he had a call from what looked like a Santander number. A well-spoken man with no hint of an accent told him somebody had tried to set up a direct debit on his account for £2,000 and asked if he'd authorised it. OK, this is the scam. Listen carefully. When John said no, the man called Michael told him he was the victim of fraud and needed to move his money to another Santander account. Ring, 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 fraudsters. So he quickly logged into his online banking and transferred £9,000 to the account details given. The caller stayed on the line, reassuring John until the payment was complete. He then said he'd make John an appointment at his branch for the Monday to go through what had happened. The man seemed to know all of the bank's procedures, which made me believe I was talking to the right person, said John. He seemed like a nice bloke. Of course he is. He's a fraudster. He adds that what reassured him the most was that he was asked to write his own name in the payee box when he made the online transfer. He thought that meant he could be sure the money was going to another account in his name. He had no idea that banks don't check the name given as a payee matches the one on the account. The new seemingly basic yet vital check will not come into force until next year. As soon as John put the phone down, he felt uneasy and he thought he'd been scammed. He made an urgent call to Santander's fraud hotline at around 6pm and was told the bank would investigate. Less than an hour after the scammer called, £8,200 had vanished from his account. The remaining 800 was not debited and around 20 minutes after the bank was alerted. So they got the 9000 quid. Had Santander responded immediately, I'm so glad I never went with Santander, because when the Royal Bank of Scotland was, they said, oh, it's going to be taken over by Santander. I thought, not in my lifetime. No, thank you very much indeed. The bank only tried to contact TSB once. When the line was engaged, it waited until the next day to try again. So anyway, it was only when Money Mail intervened, I love these stories, I, love, I, always, I always have a feeling of reassurance, that it could have done more to help and refunded the £800 plus a £200 goodwill 
Gesture. John says Santander was as much use as a chocolate fire guard. So there you go. You have the, the trouble. I mean, instead, Santander threatened him with a late penalty charge and even tried to offer him another personal loan. <laughs> I'd be withdrawing my money today. Goodbye. I'll go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. Because I told you I had a problem with uh, with my bank's credit card, which is... can't remember which one it is now, but anyway. And, um, and they started um, rejecting. Do you remember that thing? I tried to buy the phone for 800 quid. And they kept rejecting. They thought it was, uh, it was fraudulent, all the rest of it. Well, it completely screwed it up. And so, consequently, uh, we wrote a, a stinging letter basically saying you're bloody incompetent. You should have realised. You don't have to look at the history of somebody's account to realise, you know, this is quite normal, you know, for me to... Not every month, obviously, but, you know, I have put through sums like this. And I only use my account for a couple of things every month and we pay it all off. It's as simple as that. And uh, so we asked for compensation. We asked for £100 compensation. I wish we'd asked for 500 because, to be honest with you, it was an embarrassment. Imagine going, you know, trying something on the phone. They go, I'm sorry, it's been rejected again. About ten times it was rejected, which really annoyed me, beyond all shadow of a doubt. So you'd imagine if it was a really old person. Luckily, I've got people, you know, who sort of can help me out with these sort of things. Because I just don't know. I just, I, seriously, I don't know. I mean, I have to, you know, I've got people who look after my account. So they'll say, in fact, she'll, she'll phone me up and say, did you just purchase something in so-and-so? So I'll go, yes, I did. And then, then I, I know. So I'm, I'm always quite happy with stuff like that. The problem is that a lot of people don't check. We do check our stuff every day. And at the moment, it's very difficult to do online banking with RBS in this particular credit card. So we can't see the balance. I can get the balance, but you can't see it, which is a problem they're, they're trying to sort out. But we got £105 compensation. And so that's good. We just need to see it on the account because I've got the letter. And we're going to hang on to it until the money appears. Because that's it. You, you must, must, must complain. But if anybody phones you and says there's been some action on your account, you put the phone down. Your bank will never phone you. They will never phone you to say there's been this and you need to try. I mean, all these key words should be there. But I appreciate the fact it's difficult. You know, you must never, ever say, oh, uh, right, I'll transfer the money. Do you have an account number for me? Yeah, they give you an account number. It's theirs. It's theirs. You signing it doesn't mean diddly squat to them. So just be careful, especially coming up to Christmas. There will be there was some Albanian. There was an Albanian gang the other day. In less than a year, they realised £9.8 million that they thieved off people. That's from you. That's from you. Because nobody knows, do they? Or somebody, it's like people pick up the phone. They go, oh, if you don't know who it is, don't pick up the phone. Let them leave a message. They won't. I promise you they won't leave a message. I've had a few of them. And I look at the number and I go, I'm not answering that. So I don't. Do they leave a message? Never. They'll never leave a message because they know that they are the crooks. So if you don't recognise the number on your telephone, don't pick it up and go, hello, because they're going to scam you. So I'm just telling you. Uh, did you see that Katie Price, says Lou in Chesham, suddenly reports she wants to go to the jungle again? We all know it's just because she needs the money. Yes. Oh, she was caught the other day with her, you know, fraudulent uh, photographer taking a picture of her going into the place that's designed her wedding dresses in the past. There have been quite a number of them. And, uh, and they go, because she, she's going to be marrying Chris. Well, the man would be a fool. The man would be a fool. He doesn't have the money. She's doing it so she can make the money, you know, by, uh, by getting married again. But, of course, she can't because she's still married to uh, the bloke she calls fat. At least he's not fraudulent like uh, poor old Jordan, you know. And so she's going, oh, I don't need... I think she thinks it's all going to brush over. She's going to get married. OK, magazine will give her a quarter of a million quid and that'll pay off a few creditors. And then she'll go through this all again. She reckons she's going to find £48,000 a year 
to pay them back. It was a thousand pound, yeah, a thousand pound a week, she reckoned. Well, sh- no chance, no chance. Her career washed up ages ago, ages and ages ago. She might sell a book, might get, you know, 50,000 quid, and that would be pushing it. That would be pushing it. Little Julie has booked to see 42nd Street before it finishes. Yeah. It's my favourite show. One of my favourite shows. I, I absolutely love it. I can't tell you. I could watch it on YouTube forever and a day, watching the rehearsals, watching the show. There's just something about it that just invigorates you and jollies you up. And uh, so I'm hoping to go and see that again. Pauline says, read the series The Crown that I've just started watching. Prince Philip was responsible for the coronation being televised. He was concerned if they didn't open themselves up to the public, their heads may end up on a spike like the other European royals. What do European royals? Mind you, we used to have heads up on... Uh, was it Tower Bridge or something, or London Bridge? And uh, and they were covered in uh, tar, tar, like tar, tar macadam. Why? To stop the seagulls pecking them. And if you paid the ferryman, hence the paying the ferryman, you could row across, rescue your father's head, and take it back again. They didn't seem to put guards on them. Uh, what did you do yesterday? Well, I watched a squirrel running across the road in... In Richmond. That was terrible. I was just about to go into McDonald's and it kind of halted me, so I didn't. And because uh, I just thought, no, I always feel awful about eating a McDonald's, you know, that sort of flatbread pizza thing with that ghastly bacon and horrible cheese pieces in it. Ghastly. Uh, but it's only one forty nine, so it's a bargain. And this squirrel was running across the road and we're all going, no, no, no. And a bus missed it by like an inch. It was running across the road just down from the station. I'm thinking, where are the trees? Where does it live? Why is it wandering down the high street? We had it once in our car park with a baby squirrel and it ran out into the road. Oh, no, please not. Honestly, I don't want to see things like that. And we were all doing the same thing. We we're all going, oh, no. Of course, the other people who hadn't seen the squirrel, which by this time was hiding in the uh, in the sort of gully on the road. Where it went to, I've got no idea. I, I seriously didn't even want to want to think about it. I felt really depressed, really depressed about the whole thing. I thought, please, please don't lose your life. You know, because you do see baby squirrels uh, especially around my way, trying to get from one side of the road to the other. Now, at night time, it's OK, because they see the lights, but they tend to be a bit like rabbits. They tend to sort of sit there and stare at them. And, no, don't stare at them. Get the hell out. You feel like pushing them or something like that. I do like squirrels, even though the grey squirrels are evil and should be destroyed, because that and, and they're racist. Red, red, oh, red squirrels. The grey, that's right, the grey squirrels are racist to the red squirrels. The red squirrels are going, uh, we're like red squirrels, and the grey ones are going, we don't like you, you're red. And so they then basically drove them out of town. The red squirrels were living in a small commune, you know, with one, one or two shops and a bar, and getting drunk and being embarrassing. And then the grey squirrels are going, you're not coming back here again. We've taken over your house in that chimney. Twickenham is full of scaffolding at the moment. I should imagine it's still going to be there when we turn the Christmas lights on, which is on the 25th which is a Sunday, and there'll be loads of things for mummies and daddies and, uh, and children and things like that. And then at uh, about 5.30, I think, you know, any time after four, I think, we'll be turning on the lights, something like that. And the, the tree's up, but we haven't turned the lights on just yet. And then once we do that, then Christmas has arrived, which is good news, isn't it? Well, I always think it's good news. I know not everybody enjoys Christmas. Some people hate it. They really hate it. Dale hated Christmas. He, re- he really didn't. He didn't like Christmas or New Year because he didn't do a tree. I don't think in all the years, in, you know, 20 plus years, I don't think he ever, no, more than 20 plus years, but he, I don't think he ever had a tree. Never had a tree. And he never wrapped a present in his life. So in, under his stairs, he would have bags of Joe Malone things and, 
and bottles of champagne. And so as you were going out, you go, oh, Steve, I must give you a Christmas present. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it would be. I used to do better than most people, actually. Because I used to get Versace ashtrays and things like that, and Versace. So I've got quite a number of those which aren't even out yet. I'm waiting till I pick up the lottery money. But uh, the rest of it, no, never did a tree. He just didn't. He just didn't. Uh, not because he was Jewish or anything like that. Because I know loads of Jewish people who put trees up. He just couldn't be bothered with it. He just wasn't that sort of person. And he never drank till he started going to America. Then he discovered the evils of drink. Not very good at all. But uh, I'll be raising a glass to him this year. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a very nice heavy company. You mentioned squirrels, says Steve the Milkman. Recently, there's been a spate of squirrels knocking over and smashing my customers' bottles of milk and drinking it. I've had to advise the good people of Muswell Hill to get a plastic box. Not good for business. I used to have a plastic box outside my front door to put my milk in. But that was to stop the tits getting the um, the cream off the top. I used to peck it and then eat the... Uh, the cr- oh, dear. Top of it. Uh, Janice comes from Hitchin originally. Oh, I'd keep that quiet. Don't tell people that, for goodness sake. And they have black squirrels. Really? Well, I'm impressed by that. I think that's fantastic. Only found in Letchworth Garden City. They've not sort of dipped themselves in mud, have they, or something like that. Don't feed the squirrels, says Paul on Richmond Hill. They'll have your fingers off. I, I have fed squirrels before, but not, you know, and people like it when they come up to you and sort of do things like that. Anne says, Have you heard about Steve, the new Marmite Brussels sprouts? I have. It's wrong on so many levels. I'm sorry, I'm sick to death of people abusing the Brussels. You know, people sort of taking advantage of it and going, you know, have you have you tried the new Marmite Brussels sprouts? I mean, I do like Marmite, and I do like... Actually, to be honest with you, I might have to try them. I might have to... I'm, I'm looking for little Brussels, though, little Brussels sprouts. I don't know whether or not we're out of season for little Brussels sprouts. You can get bags of nuts now. That's very popular, but I don't do nuts, strangely. Uh, on the subject of tickets, Steve... I noticed meet-and-greet tickets for the American rock band KISS at the O2 Arena, £805. <laughs> uh, uh, for that, I'd want dinner and to get to play on stage with them for that. But £805. That's a lot, isn't it? That is a huge amount of money. That's how they make their money, though. Hello, you know, we do that. We do it. We do it for charity. You know, and for charity, I think that's uh, that's well worth it because we raise so much money. We might have something else coming up, actually. I might uh, might tell you about that. Uh, uh sort of a little bit nearer the time. Uh, another one here. I remember last year when you turned on the light. No, not last year. I didn't do it last year. I did it year before last, Brian. Uh, they told everybody to be there at five. You didn't do it till around six. And you said on the Monday next year, they'd be on time. 6pm is somewhat late. Yes, I mean, it, 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 I think it could be about five thirty, six o'clock. Because it's dark enough by that time, isn't it? For you, know, for, for you to get to see the lights properly. If Theresa May, says Ian, delivers a Brexit that isn't riddled with failure and future difficulty, I'll send you a fiver to buy a small glass of Prosecco for your Christmas lunch. Thank you. I'd rather have a bottle. Frankly, I wouldn't trust her to, li- to deliver me a pizza. She'd either fall off her moped on the way or drop the box in a puddle. Probably both. If she fails, and she will resign. No Prosecco for you, Steve. My offer, though, remains, says Ian. I don't think she's going to resign. I really don't think she's going to resign. I just really don't. Because everybody's saying, oh, she will resign. So I might as well go the opposite direction and go, no, she's not going to resign. To be honest with you, you know, I don't think many... I mean, are you still interested in Brexit? The answer is it's getting ever closer, ever closer. Uh, They've got an emergency cabinet meeting this afternoon and she will warn the ministers it's uh, make or break for avoiding a chaotic exit. So that's it. We'll find out more from Theo in about an hour's time, just under an hour's uh, time this morning. Uh, if you're unlucky in love, where's well, Matt Goss straight away? I mean, he was, you know, whereas Luke had people round him, was chatty and smiling. Matt just looked miserable as sin. 
Seriously, I've never seen anybody look so miserable. And I said, you know, once he's sort of learnt to get over himself, perhaps he's ill. He might, he might be sick. I've got no idea. But um, he's, he just doesn't seem to have any luck with relationships. I think because he's got such a huge ego. Such a huge ego. I mean, the way he was arguing with his brother and the language, the language was so unnecessary. So unnecessary. And then at the end, it was all, oh, hugs and I love you, kiss, 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 and all this kind of stuff. And you think, yeah, until the next time around, and then we'll have more dramas and everything else. People get overwrought, don't they? You're doing a show, and uh, as I say, you've done the show before. You can just sing a few few songs, and um, and that was it. I mean, I was, I was intrigued. I did actually stick with the DVD. But then I've always liked Luke. I wanted to like Matt, but he was such a pain in the rear end that I thought, no, you, you know, you can't, you can't deal with something like that. You're dealing with an ego the size of Iceland. It was just uh, terrible. My bank is excellent, Steve. Uh, and I've been with them for years. Unfortunately, outside the shop where I work, there's often a small group of offensive, noisy men and women. They hang about drinking and shouting each other. Anyway, I was taking money from a cash point when I was distracted by one of them being sick. When I turned back to get my money, the £20 was gone. I reported it to the bank who refunded the money. I suppose that was a clear evidence of a sick stain left on the road. My producer, my ex-producer Amanda, from some years ago, they, they used to do a trick of, of dropping money on the floor. And then they go, was that your money? When you bent down to pick it up, they'd take your money out of the cash point. And she went, yes. And she put a foot on it. <laughs> Got the money out of the machine, picked up the fiver and walked off. You should have seen their little faces. Crooks, honestly. People like that, I tell you, I've... I've oh. Don't begin to ask me what I want to do. I think it's the stocks in Leicester Square on a, f- a sort of a five-night run in the week. We all pelt them with rotten fruit and vegetables and everything else. If you want little sprouts, go to Asda at High Wycombe, says, uh, says Sandra. Sandra, I can't drive to High Wycombe to get little sprouts. I mean, seriously, with the best will in the world. My car's a gas guzzler. Be ridiculous, but they do sound delicious. Uh, M&S currently have little bags of baby Brussels. Uh, baby Brussels. No, I looked the other day. They didn't. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm well known for eating baby Brussels sprouts because I can eat a packet of them quite easily. 30 or 40 Brussels in there. I know people hate them. They go, oh, how could you eat Brussels sprouts? And I go, I just like Brussels sprouts. I don't know why. I just do. It's funny because when I was younger, I wasn't particularly bothered about Brussels sprouts. But I can eat them now just with cheese dribbled over them. Not sure about the... Uh, the Marmite Brussels sprouts. That could be quite a good idea. Uh, so Noel Edmonds has gone out. Uh, that'll be interesting because he's, he's been locked in a legal battle with Lloyd's for some time uh, as our Noel. And I think it's a £60 million legal battle. It's, it's no small thing at all. But I was a big fan. You know, I worked with Noel Edmonds. And uh, when we took Crinkly Bottom out on the road, and it was the most fun you could ever have with your clothes on. Believe you me, it was great. It was just fun. All the celebrities, Danielle Westbrook, uh, she was there. Pictured in the papers today, buying a lottery ticket. That won't help you, love. It really won't. But uh, what a waste of money when you don't have any money. She's already admitted to people that she's brassic. And you think, well, go to the job centre, register and go and get a job. Don't sit there like some moaning old mini. Oh, I haven't got a job. Well, go and find one. Go and sweep the roads. Do something, for God's sake. Otherwise, you become more useless the older you get. Not so good at all. 84850, steve at Um Gloating Bulger killer. I think we all remember, if you're of a certain age, the killing of uh, Jamie Bulger. And uh, Robert Thompson says that, in fact, uh, he talks of a... Oh, sorry. He talks of a better life uh, and education thanks uh, to being sent to jail for murdering Jamie Bulger, who was just two years old at the time. 
He said, I mean, he was he was really out of uh, youth court. He was in there for everything, thieving and all the rest of it. And so <coughs> uh, I see that uh, Denise, uh, who is the mother of Jamie Bulger, said we, we, we long believed that they'd been rewarded rather than punished for the crime. And uh, for those people who know the ins and outs of the case, it was really quite, quite horrendous. Phil Vickery's up early this morning. He said, do, uh, do Brussels make you um, windy? No, no. Little Brussels, I don't, I don't do them with anything. Somebody said you should sort of cook them in uh, butter and stuff like that. I tend not to do that. What I tend to do is, if I'm feeling so inclined, and it really doesn't happen very often, I'll, I'll cook them in water and boil them up and then steam them quite quickly, empty off the water and put a little knob of garlic butter in there. That's quite nice. And I could just eat them, one after the other, one after the other. No, no problem at all, no, no windy windies. No, let's go fly a kite. Nothing like that at all. Just just delicious. I don't know, even know whether they're good for me. I'm not sure. I'm eating... I mean, I'm eating lots of these... I wish I, I have to bring you one of these bottles tomorrow and tell you what berries I'm eating. They're little seeds, which they put into this this mix of a drink. I could drink three or four of the blooming things. Ever, ever so easy. Ever so easy. Lovely. We had fish and chips yesterday. Wasn't very good, actually. We, we, we normally go to Knock Cuts because it's, uh, it's full of people our own age, for me and Paul. Um, we go there... And we have, um, uh, we have, um, what do we have? Fish and chips. Last time we had a pie, which was delicious. Steve, how long ago did you have your milk box? Because cream on milk stopped years ago. Did it? I buy cream on milk. I buy Graham's. I mean, unless it's, you know, perhaps that's just unique, isn't it? Uh, so it was quite a number of years ago. I was living in Staines at the time, and the milkman I had, he said, why don't you get this? He said, nothing worse than tits on your milk bottle. And I said, well, you're so right. And so I bought this thing, which was Unigate, and he would put the milk in there, then put the lid on so that the birds couldn't actually lift it off. Uh, Covent Garden Market on the way to work. Loads available, says Adam. Merci bien. And uh, Marmite Brussels sprouts are disgusting. If you want to drive to High Wycombe, go by bus instead of the Bentley, says John. What, all the way to High Wycombe just to get some Brussels? No, 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 I'd rather cause a scene outside Waitrose. Much better. Uh, John in Preston. Uh, oh, I'll come back to you in a minute, actually. And uh, Albert says, when you mentioned when the screaming stopped, I thought you meant a horror movie. So when you said it was about Bross, I was right. Uh, have you sent any Christmas cards yet? No, not yet. Not yet. A little bit early. A little bit early. But uh, I bought them. I have a, But they're beautiful. I should probably start writing them soon. I've got to do my VAT at some point over the next few days, but I've got quite a busy few days. So once I've got the VAT done, I should be OK. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. Nice to have your company. What's the time now? 26 minutes to sit. What were you saying to me? Oh, we're coming back to... Oh, that's right. We were coming back to John from Preston. And wait a minute, I've lost it. Wait a minute, I've lost the blooming thing. Can you put it to the top? Is it possible to do that? I don't know what I'm doing here half the time. Seriously, they give me a computer. Oh, that's it. Fine, thank you. I'm ho- Seriously, I'm absolutely useless. Seriously, I'm, I'm absolute rubbish. But anyway, John says, the other day I went to a cash machine and as I approached, I noticed £50 hanging out the machine. He said, I took the money out and took it into the bank, reporting what had happened. And they took the money and reluctantly said, right, OK, that's Santander for you. He said, I didn't want a reward, but a thank you would have been nice. I don't think you should have taken it back. <laughs> I'm sorry. How can somebody... So you stand there, you put your card in, the money comes out of the machine, you walk away, leaving a, fi- a £50 note sticking out. Oh, dear me. Dear me. No, I, I have to be honest, I, I'd, be, I'd be in two minds whether to keep it. I'd give it to charity. 
There you go. I give it. I give it to make some noise. Steve, have you watched Katie Price telling her side to the public about the lies the media have been saying about it? Yeah, she didn't actually have any evidence of any lies at all. She just says the media are always telling lies about me. What? That you're bankrupt and you're talentless. Hello. <laughs> but uh, she wants to get back with Chris. It was a no-no. He turned his face when he went to kiss him. Oh, she's. She, he needs to avoid her like the plague. Everybody needs to avoid her like the plague at the moment. She's just trying to sort of get some money back together again. And then, of course, she doesn't have any work. There is no... The diary is empty. So they're obviously going, why don't you get married? Then you can make a couple of hundred thousand pounds. And I'm thinking, what, just for herself? What about Chris? Surely he should get half of it. She spoke about going into the Priory and she might stay single. It's very funny. You should watch it. It's a right comedy, says Debbie. I watched it. I just thought the usual lies from her. More lies. And, uh, and her mother having to sit there and put up with this garbage. Really embarrassing. And then she put the kids into it as well because she exploits every aspect of it. The trouble is, because oh, because she has no, no talent in particular, I didn't think bank machines had £50 notes. Well, my one only has 20s, Phil, and 10s. But if you go to the Hippodrome, all the machines in there only dispense 50s. So if you put in... You know, £150, you get three £50 notes. So you're right. Yes, you could be right. And also the milk still has cream on the top, but the birds never touch it on the doorstep anymore. Aha, that's why. That's why. But you're right, actually. I don't remember seeing any bank machines that have got a £50 note um, coming out of them. Anybody ever seen that? Um, they had one in um, Kingston, which does fivers, which is unusual. I mean, who, who takes a fiver out of a cash machine? You take fivers out, do you? What for? What for? Honestly, I've never known anything like it. You, you take a fiver. You wouldn't just take a fiver out, would you? Oh, you would. Good Lord above, honestly. Well, there you go. And uh, Steve, uh, the boys at JJ Cheney's lost uh, Tony the other day, suspected uh, heart attack. He was only 58. Yes, I mentioned it on the programme yesterday. I didn't, I didn't go too much into it because I, I, I have to wait until I check about things uh, like that. So, uh, So Tony went... The other day, he died on a train station, I believe. Uh, they didn't know, but we think sudden expected heart attack. 58. Nothing. Nothing, is it? Seriously, even I've passed that. And uh, whether or not I've got the strain and the stress that other people have, probably have, I suppose, and a long way around. I'm pretty sure that Matt Goss must have been the second born. Uh, he was. I think Luke is older by about 11 minutes. Uh, 30 odd years to the midwife delivering twins would often be occupied with the firstborn and only when she'd be convinced that number one was OK would she turn her attention to number two. That meant that number two could be deprived of oxygen for a brief moment. Number two would always be a bit more unsettled than number one. Well, that's apparently exactly how he is. He's seriously, I've never heard anybody lose their temper so quickly. His brother Luke was trying to explain something to him about, listen, you know, what do you want me to do in this bit here? And uh, and Matt was just being argumentative. But the language was... A tr- At one point, he stood up and became quite threatening. And I thought, you're not very pleasant, are you? And that's why, obviously, your, your group of friends is somewhat limited, I should imagine. And you didn't have anybody there with you. You were like Billy No-Mates. You know, perhaps, perhaps it's something you learn. I don't know. But he, he certainly looked as though he was slightly odd. Ian says, I've got a tree box for birds to eat from or nest in. It's the first year in many I'd seen uh, a tit in my box. How oh, lovely can almost share that experience with you this morning, can't we? And uh, Steve says, when my sister and hubby went to South Africa, they visited a park. The ladies were advised to wear trousers as squirrels were known to dive up their legs. Not a joke. Well, there was somebody the other day, they were doing something and, and they, they had, a, I think, a small rat that shot up their trouser legs. 
bit frightening, isn't it, really? <laughs> As you can imagine. Keep peeling the sprouts to the required size, says Angela. Listen, this is not the answer to it. Seriously, I, I can't do things like that. That would just be mad. Uh, all post office ATMs dispense £5 notes, says Sue. Yeah, we, we're, we're trying to find one that does a £50 note. And we can't, apart from in casinos. Uh, dropping you a line from Dubai, not a Trump hotel in sight, says David. Beautiful place, most friendly people. Even you'd enjoy it, even though the price of Prosecco is slightly higher than, uh, than Prosecco. £12, pine, £12 a pint for Peroni. See, I don't even know what, what Peroni is, actually, so it doesn't really help. Italian beer. Italian beer. Oh, right. Four or five quid a bottle. Oh, a pint, really. Oh, good Lord above. Uh, John says it was 20, 20 and a £10 note. I thought about keeping it, but James O'Brien once talked me out of it on one of his shows. I didn't want Nick Knowles or a like bobbing around the corner with a camera, not for 50 quid anyway. No. It's that big old question, isn't it? If you found a bag on the ground, you picked it up, and in it was hundreds and hundreds of pounds, and it looked like it had come from a drug dealer, would you keep it? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Apparently... Jonathan says, in a place called Flintshire, I think the reason the blue tits and the great tits don't take the milk anymore is because there are more and more people putting out fat balls and seeds. You can make them yourself. You can make it with, with fat. And then you sort of do it, and then you put a string in there, and then you sort of cover it with bits of bacon and stuff like that, which is nice. Ed says, the, the person who handed in 50 quid must have been standing behind a person that requested it, because after a few seconds, if you don't take the money, it's retracted back into the machine. <coughs> this gets more complicated by the minute, this one. Uh, don't forget to feed the birds this winter, remember? Tits like fried eggs, says Tom. Well, there you go. Again, another staggering fact. Our ATM, <laughs> says uh, Shane, dispense $20, 50 and $100. I think you could probably get that in uh, America, get $100 bills in America. But definitely in the casino here, in the Hippodrome, it's £50 notes in the machine. Because if you really want to be flash, you put in 200 quid, you just get four notes out. Makes you look very, very sort of cheap, doesn't it, really? Uh, front page of the Daily Mirror. It's uh, it's May's Brexit D-Day. We'll talk about it about 6.20 this morning with Theo Usherwood. Lisa Riley's incredible Christmas party dress diet. Drop a festive frock size in four weeks. There you go. Man with a fiver in your pocket. Imagine taking a fiver out of a thing like that. Okay. When I was little, I used to do that. You know, when I first got my bank card, it only guaranteed 50 quid. So you could only take 50 quid. Now it, it's sort of gone up considerably. And, uh, and, I, and I like having cash for some... I don't know why. Childhood thing, I suppose. Childhood thing. Uh, Princess Di's rock musical Frenzy Vow, the new rock musical about Diana, will send audiences into a frenzy, thanks to its Bon Jovi songs. Well, there you go. And also, Prince Charles has let Google open Clarence House up to the world in a bespoke version of its street view. Looks lovely. Poor Queen Mother used to freeze to death in Clarence House. She really did. Poor little soul. But here is a picture of the family, all smiling. Ha, 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 ha. That's for the picture. And then they all separate. It's misery all round. Um, also, the nephew of the British rabies victim tells of his agony. He couldn't be near water, touch cold or swallow any food, but he fought to the end. And there's a picture of him uh, here. And as I say, he looks all right in this picture, but he didn't last very long, I'm afraid. Uh, boozing ban Reed. This is Susanna Reed, Mrs. Calling the Shots. I've never done shots. I've never. It probably makes me a peculiar person, but I've never ever done shots. I've seen people doing it on some of these holiday rep programs. God, they're ghastly. They really are. Honestly, I was so sorry for the parents watching it. And um, and they were all doing shots, and then you have sort of you drink it down, and you bang it on the counter, and then they give you another. I think, what's the point? What is the point? Um. 
Lee, thank you. And I'm sure he didn't find them. Uh, one here from Stacy and Marion says, uh, we're two dementia nurse spikers heading off to work. We start our day with a smile. Well, I should think you, I should think, hope you would do. Hope you would do. Goodness sake, honestly. Work you do. Fantastic. And it's not World Diabetes Day, is it? What are we supposed to do for that one? I lose track of all these things. World Diabetes Day. Perhaps I'm supposed to inject or something now. Actually, I did, I did last night. I actually got a fantastic night's sleep. Uh, also, the co-op's new bargain. £300 quickie divorce. There you go, Jordan. You can get a quickie divorce. But uh, unfortunately, Kieran doesn't want a quickie divorce. He wants the money you owe him. OK, pay him back the money you owe him, you thieving little baggage. Can't do things like that. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh, also, uh, coffee cuts diabetes. What am I drinking? Tea. Fat lot of use that is, isn't it? And the uh, the show, to me, to Yule, Paul chuckles going it alone without uh, without Barry. Uh, Barry was 73, lost him to bone cancer. But uh, Paul will, will tread the boards alone this Christmas. He's in Craig Revel Hallwood, Cinderella at the new Victoria Theatre in Woking. So he's, he's barren hard up. That's, uh, that's good. I'm sure it goes very well, actually. I'm sure it will go very well. Ed. Certainly everybody's thoughts uh, will be with him, I think. Uh, what have we got here? This is... Um, ta -ta 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 -ta. This is... Uh, oh, dear. French and Saunders. When picking their first duo names as fresh-faced students, Jennifer Saunders and Dawn French were a bit ahead of their time. At one point, they called themselves the Menopause Sisters. <laughs> because we had no idea what the menopause was. We thought it was something to do with menstruation. We probably wouldn't have if we'd, if we'd known about it. God, honestly. Honestly. Oh, Colleen's still earning money. She's still doing her straight-talking problem page. I'm not totally convinced she writes it, but I'm sure that would be quite good. Uh, TV reality star Paris Hilton... Hands out cushions with her name on as she visits survivors of the earthquake in Mexico. Well, that's nice. Not really. Uh, but she did give 270,000 quid as well, so that was very good. Madeleine McCann, people will be talking about it today. Nick Ferrari, everybody, because they've given another 150,000. They have basically said, you know, this is, uh, this is it. Well, that's what they've said. Whether it goes like that, I've got no idea. They say you've got... Six more months to find Madeline. Cops get 150,000 for one final line of inquiry. Do you seriously think that's going to finish there? No, of course not. They're going to get another load of money. They're not going to find anything. There is nothing to find. Nothing to find. Uh, Steve, the ATM inside the Barclays Bank dispenses £50 notes. Comes with an option that asks what notes you want. 10, 20 or 50. Oh, there you go. Uh, calamity. Catastrophe, say Guinevere and Trelawney. We're losing the wonderful Budgeons on Ascot High Street. Closing its doors on Saturday the 24th. We're glad to hear all the staff are going to be kept on and retrained as Sainsbury's employees. Oh, Lord. Hope so. Holly says our favourite Graham's Gold Top started in 1988 when they acquired a herd of Jersey cows from the Queen's Windsor Stock. It's a dynamic award-winning dairy in Scotland with a quality product and an excellent website. Best Gold Top in the world. Oh, it's delish. Oh, it's delicious. Ice cold. Unfortunately, what I do is I shake the cream up into it. It's got about an inch and a half of cream on the top. It's delicious. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I've just spotted a tweet, actually. It didn't necessarily come into me, but I spotted it from a guy called Nick, who says that he ran the British government's UFO project. What rubbish is that? He says, spookily, my wife is a scientist. And then he says here, uh, pilots seeing UFOs, serious media coverage, including the BBC... As if you couldn't fool them quite easily. 
An official investigation underway, a telling sign of how interest in the UFO phenomenon has increasingly come out of the fringe and into the mainstream. Still rubbish, isn't it, really? They don't exist. I don't, I don't buy into this idea that, you know, somewhere in a distant planet far, far away, there's going to be um, a load of people sitting there in a spacecraft coming down to Earth. As I say, come and land in Leicester Square. A bit of a squeeze at the moment, but you could certainly try it, couldn't you? And uh, Nick is um, best known for a role he undertook with the British government from 91 to 94, which involved investigating reports of UFA sightings to determine their defence significance. Anyway, finally, he's gone to America, where there's another loony bunch over there. They all do the same sort of thing. I mean, I always think if people want to believe something like that, it's fine, but there isn't anything. You know, it's like Yvette Fielding. You know, there are no, you know, sort of... Oh, say something else to it. And that apparently means get out of my house. You know, I mean, she's mad as a bro- bro- broomstick, poor old soul. And they go, should we play that again? (laughs) And you're supposed to interpret that as get out of my house or something. I mean, it's just rubbish. It's rubbish, but it keeps people listening because people have got shallow, empty lives. They've probably also got tits eating their milk as well. So by name and by nature, ladies and gentlemen. When was the last time, says Steve, you saw cream on the top of the milk? On a daily basis. On a daily basis. He says, homogenisation to you. You wash your mouth out with carbolic. Ridiculous. Thank you for the show, says Nicholas. I'm listening from Lanzarote. Sorry, Lanzarote. I do beg your pardon. Ghastly place. And uh, Steve, I don't use the ATM, says Grace, but I always keep £5 notes because they have Braille on them. Do they? Braille on £5 notes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do I have a £5? No money on me. Look at me. Poor peasant Steve Allen. Where's my money gone? Ridiculous. I've got a little little case thing which, which holds... Uh, cards, oyster cards, stuff like that. I've always got a couple of spare oyster cards. I'm such a good boy, honestly. I want to take full advantage of my free bus rides everywhere else. But uh, it is, you know, if you want to believe in UFOs, it's fine. It's like the people who believe in the crop circles, people who believe in, you know, the strange voices that emanate. And the Americans are even worse. They're even more fraudulent than our one is. You know, where they go into it. Always pitch dark. They always have to film in dark. Why? Why they can't sort of just, ghosts can't come out and never chat to them like normal people. We want to be your friend. I've heard her saying this before. We want to be your friend. Do you have anything to say to me? <laughs> Dreadful, isn't it? Uh, Steve, you need to watch it. Uh, if you pick up a note that fell to the floor from a drug dealer's pocket, they have some substance on it. Yeah, because, that, you know, just your luck, a police dog would walk past and become somewhat animate. They sit down, don't they? They're, they're trained to sit down now in front of you. You're right, it could be that. But also, you know, if you pick up a note that fell to the floor from a drug dealer's pocket, how would I know it was a drug dealer? They don't have a big sign on their back going, drugdealers.co.uk. Although, actually, there might be a sign like that. Uh, looking forward to you keeping us uh, company on Christmas morning, Steve. How will you get home when there are no buses or trains? Oh, there's always buses and trains. Oh, yes, it doesn't all close down. I do have a, a motor vehicle. Which is nice. Uh, how many sleeps till Christmas? About 40 in it or something, or 41 or something like that. We don't look at it as sleeping because always on the last day. Who sleeps? Who sleeps? It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Uh, Grace did some Christmas shopping yesterday. And um, I didn't know about the have, having Braille on them. I like the thing on the, on the traffic lights. Put your hand underneath. There's a little triangular thing. And that's for blind people. When it turns, it's safe to go. Well, that's a theory. It's safe to cross the road. And it turns when the lights change. You put your hand underneath one of those uh, boxes. Uh, Sue says squirrels love digestives. Mark's in Torquay. A new listener. How lo- Torquay always sounds quite exciting, doesn't it? And I went there once. God, what a dump. Uh, Cressida Dick and Theresa May should be ashamed of themselves pouring more money into the Madeline investigation when police numbers are cut. You never see a bobby on the beat and the kids are killing each other week in, week out, says Alan. 
in Bromley. Well, I, do, I mean, I don't think 150 grand's going to make any difference. 12 million could have made a lot of difference. Could have made a lot. Let's find out how much the, the, the McCanns have got in their fighting fund. I thought it was about one and a half million pounds. Well, why don't they use that? What's that for? But you don't seem in favour of it, judging by some of the texts and the emails that they were getting in overnight. Tom Swarbrick was getting them. Nobody seems to be in favour of giving this money when there are other children that go missing and they don't get it. And is it because their parents are doctors and they're middle class? You know, if they'd been somebody from a, a sink estate somewhere, would they be happily spending this much money? No, this family would have been pilloried from pillar to post. If this had been somebody from, a, you know, a mother with three three young children, single, living on benefits... She'd have been dragged through the hedge backwards, and you all know it's true. You know, you can't even excuse it now, can you? Uh, drug kingpin in the trial of the century, and this is El Chapo. Finally faced it. Why are they always ugly? Why are they always ugly? Because they've got so much money. His real name is Joaquim Archivaldo Guzman. He was born in Latuna. He's the son of a poor alcoholic farmer. He's only uh, five foot six tall, father of 13 children, married four times, and... Um, He's uh, he's a drug kingpin. He's one of the, these people who seriously. I mean, he started out as a as a small drug dealer. Now he's a big drug drug dealer. He used to hide stuff in bananas or fire extinguishers. So uh, the trial is expected to cost how much for three months? Thirty eight million pounds. My God, honestly, that's an awful lot of money, isn't it? Awful lot of money. He he did escape prison. He's also reckoned to have ordered hundreds. Uh, of victims gunned down or butchered in execution rooms, kitted out with plastic sheets and drains to catch the blood. Targets were often beheaded, and his henchmen would upload the videos to YouTube. It's because there's so much rival... When it comes to drugs, there is so much money involved that people are prepared to kill people. If you're in, if you're in the wrong drug gang, and the bigger drug gang gets hold of you, your life isn't worth that. It's as simple as that. It's just uh, terrible. So we're going to wait and see... But uh, it's a multi-million, multi-billion pound drug trafficking racket, as well as the brutal murder. But of course, he doesn't do the murders. They have people who, who do these sort of things. But it's, that's how much money there is in it. That's why whenever you see a load of drugs that have been captured by, you know, customs, they go, oh, isn't it fantastic? They can afford to lose that. They can bring in ten times the amount a bit further up the coast. That's how it works. Uh, also, um, Madeleine McCann and... Uh, oh, they've also caught the, the thief who resembles the Friends actor, David Schwimmer. I watched Friends the other day, actually. I watched it. It just looks a bit dated now, doesn't it? All these sort of people of a certain age living in this house to get... Nobody's ever cooked. But I, I do like the Big Bang Theory. I, th- I find Sheldon incredibly irritating. Incredibly irritating. But I do like watching it because I think the writing's really, really clever. But uh, there you go. Um, oh, I can't do that once in court. And uh, what was it? Here we go. Here you go. Question for the producer. Big fan of Idris Elba. What was the name of the Boston bar where everybody knows your name? What was the name of the Boston bar where everybody knows your name? Uh, what was the name of the 1965 single by Ken Dodd that sold more than a million copies in the UK? Which female American singer was the first sheep to be cloned named after? You know that one, don't you? Come on. It's... Come on! Dolly Parton. Oh, dear. And which cocktail is usually made using rum, coconut milk and pineapple juice? Wait a minute. I'll turn this round. Oh, it's a pina colada. A pina colada. Look at that, eh? But uh, what was the name of the Boston bar where everybody knows your name? What was it called? 
Cheers. Is it called Cheers? Let me have a check on the answers. It was called Cheers. It was Dolly Parton. The second one was... Uh, oh, what, what was the, the Ken Dodd record? Which, which uh, sold a million in 1965. Anybody? No? I bet there's people shouting again. I know what it is, Steve. Tears for souvenirs is what you sent me. You're a bit too young for that. Have you never heard it on the radio? Lord. I need to find out whether our gold stations played. Probably not, actually. It is uh, mathematically impossible for there not to be life off Earth. Having said that, I don't believe, says Martin, there are now or ever have been aliens on Earth. Ghosts exist. I've seen one. He's called Casper. And he's quite friendly. Yeah. So, I mean, people say because there's so much out there, you know, the galaxy far and far away, and there's bound to be something. No, there isn't. No, there isn't. What do you think of the LED lights we have to have now? I hate them. It's like living in a twilight world, says Jackie. I love them. Trish wants to know if you have any pets. No, that would be grossly unfair to have uh, to have a pet, especially with my hours. Very difficult. Steve, the best thing you can do with sprouts is put them straight in the bin. They are, you see, does not like sprouts. That's Dave the trucker. Probably with loads of lights, I should imagine. And uh, and Lee says, did you see Most Haunted proof? Finally, that ghosts exist. It's footage of a man walking upstairs in a corridor, plainly a crew member. Watch it on YouTube. Yeah, it's just rubbish. Isn't it? Absolute rubbish. Don't fall for it, for goodness sake. Come on, we're all adults. We could say things like that now. It's sold as an entertainment programme. It's entertaining. It's not factually correct. You know, it's like there's no such thing as the crop circles or anything like that. Otherwise, you know, what is this spacecraft that comes down totally silently and sort of makes a funny shape in the Earth? I mean, by now, do you think they'd actually get out and have a chat with us over a small drink in the bar? Who knows? Coming up very shortly, it's uh, the news at six. Yes, the uh, it's Brexit day. She has a Brexit deal and Prince Charles turns 70. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, it's really nice to be company. It's Wednesday. I know, I know. Ever closer to Christmas. Ever closer, which is lovely. Thank you for your uh, texts and uh, emails this morning. We'll take more between now and seven, which is when we hand over to Nick Ferrari. We'll have a chat to Theo Usherwood in about 15 minutes' time about this, uh, this, this Brexit deal. Uh, what is it? Is it best for Britain? And uh, is she going to quit? I'm going to make a prediction and say she's not. You know, why would you want to? Why would you want to quit? Goodness sake. Uh, Also, the illegal migrants caught after stealing a fishing boat in France and sailing across the Channel. Why not stay in France? Because we're a softer touch. That's why. Uh, The woman who ate only ice cream and sausages for 20 years has finally been cured. Poor soul, honestly. Oh, I know where that is. I recognise that staircase. Well, I think I recognise the staircase. I might not actually. Is that in England? Is that Central Hall, Westminster? It might be. I know, because I, I just recognised Central... I was just looking at the television, sorry. Uh, also, can you identify the backpacker attacker? I think you will. Uh, if you're unlucky in love, blame your mother. Apparently, that's how it works. Uh, bowing to mob rule. This is a row over a cup of water that's led to death threats and the fact that we should be offering asylum to, uh, to this woman who's Christian and who's been freed from prison after something like eight years... And people are saying, oh, not too sure about that, because if, if she comes here, uh, then, you know, we'll, we'll be at risk and all this kind of stuff. We have to offer asylum. It's as simple as that. We give it to all these other murdering paedophiles out there. Why not some woman who's quite genuine? Quite genuine. The rabies dad horror, his two-month ordeal, he was uh, attacked by a cat. It bit him. He got rabies. Uh, he died in the same hospital as his tragic daughter, aged four. I, didn't, I thought we'd eradicated uh, rabies. Uh, also, the Madeleine McCann 
team get uh, more money. £150,000 to chase a final line of inquiry. What line of inquiry? What line of inquiry? How what They've missed it over all these years. Now they've got a final line of inquiry. It's codswallop. It's absolutely codswallop. I mean, how much more money do we need to pump into it? I don't think this will be the last by any stretch of the imagination. I think there'll be more. So it's a final line of inquiry. Well, I mean, they've been over there God knows how many times. Where else are they going to be going to now? They've had all sorts of... Um, you know, sort of people coming up with balmy ideas. But, of course, each one's got to be investigated, just in case it might be true. Apparently, Kate and Jerry were said to be incredibly grateful. I bet you are. You've had £12 million, which has resulted in nothing. Nothing at all. So, you know, we've got to sort it out. I mean, I just... I don't know how much more money you can, you can put into it. Uh, footy plots to get Harry. This is Harry Redknapp. This is this poor, ageing old soul who they reckon... Uh, Rival football fans are going to be asking him to do all the Bush-Tucker trials and everything else. Rita Simons has uh, touched down. Fleur East is surprised to be working, as indeed we are. Uh, single Emily Atak has got her gaze on uh, John Barrowman. hate to tell you, darling, he's gay, he's got a boyfriend, husband, wouldn't be remotely interested in you. And knowing your propensity for selling your dreary stories, last time she had a little bit of an how's your father, <clears throat> it was with a, it was sort of an unfunny comedian. From the, from the Strictly programme, and that's her claim to fame. She was in The Inbetweeners, but that was donkeys years ago. Not really done anything since then. She was apparently Char- Charlotte Hinchcliffe. Anybody ring a bell? No, nothing at all. Nothing at all. She says, my ideal man, I'm really happy that John's in it. I know he's gay, but still I like to cuddle up with him. <laughs> Watch her, John. Watch her. She's after publicity. Uh, also, also, uh, London's bloodbath is continuing unabated. Monday, Monday... Just gone. What are we up to? Wednesday, Monday. A woman was seriously, seriously injured. In fact, she was murdered by somebody with a crossbow. Her child, she was pregnant, um, was actually alive. Missed by inches. Tiny Ibrahim Mohammed was delivered by emergency caesarean section after his mother was shot at her home. So, you know, and it's still going. So somebody's got a crossbow. Where do you buy these things? Answer, could buy them online. Not difficult to get. Uh, Craig Revel Horwood has admitted he scouts the X Factor for talent. Must take you forever and a day. There isn't any talent on the X Factor. It's a bunch of a bunch of nobodies. Bunch of nobodies. Awful. And here's little Catcher goes out with her photographer to take a picture. So you know it's all set up because they actually take a picture of her in her local fish and chip shop. She called into a fish and chip shop with her photographer to take pictures. What a fraud you are, dear. What a fraud. Not buying into it at all. Uh, One of James Bulger's killers says the murder has allowed him to have a better life. This is Robert Thompson, described as an urban feral child when he snatched James Bulger uh, back in 93 when he was just two years old. He was just 10. He'd been living on the streets for two years. I think that's a gross exaggeration, but he was known as a a habitual thief. And so there's a programme on television uh, tonight, I think. The, uh, the parents of James Bulger are battling to stop him being released on parole in time for Christmas. He's quite clearly a very sick child, or sick sort of adult now. Also, Google's been hijacked by Russia and China in its worst ever cyber attack. And um, here's, a picture of, um, here's a picture of Dido. I don't know why. But why is Dido very famous? I'm, I suppose I can't work out if she's very famous now. What? That's what I thought. But it says here, she's finally got her mojo back. What rubbish is that? What you got? I got my mojo back. I don't know what that is. Uh, Mumford and Sons and Men's Show. I quite like. I just like the name of the group, Mumford and Sons. You know why? Because it sounds like Matthew and Sons. 
And I've been working all day, all day, all day. Get me out of here. I'm a celebrity. Uh, will involve uh, little Holly with a very short bloke called uh, Deck. Who always seemed, I mean, how this bloke, he's 40-something now, isn't it? It just doesn't seem possible. He always looks so young. And uh, also, lack of sleep, puffed-up face and pillow creases. That's how Cheryl is describing her new look. Slightly disturbing. Uh, Michael Parkinson says he couldn't help George Best with his alcoholism because he had his own booze problems. Michael Parkinson is 83. Good grief. He told how his wife, Mary, uh, helped him beat the bottle. You need somebody to help you. Unfortunately, in George's case, he didn't have anybody who helped him beat the bottle at all. He was drunk. He went out. They had sort of times where they sort of sewed him up a little bit and then he just drifted back into it again. Not so good. Uh, Steve, I made a mistake, says Grace. It's the £10 note which has Braille on it. Does it? We're all getting our £10 note. Oh, have we got any £10 notes? What are we talking about? I keep going to the same wallet to find nothing. It's very depressing. I still prefer the £5 notes and like the £10 with the Braille. You can buy a box of chocolate sprouts from Debenhams. Bless you, Grace. Thank you. Cheryl says, me and a couple of friends are off to Harrods to Christmas shop. Got parking for 20 quid for the, for the day. Nearly next door to the store. I love Harrods. Hence the name Charrods. Thank you. I don't think, I haven't been in there for a little while, actually. I, I, do, I like to go in about Christmas to have a look at the Christmas department. But uh, as I say, I spend so many days a week in London. The idea is to get out of London, which is better. Ian says, I was working near Birmingham. I saw a drug deal. Bloke on a bike, cycled over to a phone box, exchanged with a guy in a hoodie, blatant. Where are the police? Well, they just can't be everywhere. They can't be. That's the problem now. Are we catching a motorist round the corner? We went out for, for lunch yesterday and we saw a guy. There was a bicycle chained up to a railing and this guy was looking at it. And he put this helmet on that he found at the front of the bike. And then he obviously looked and he couldn't get the lock off. So he put it all back on there and walked off. When we came back after lunch, it had gone. So we weren't sure if we were um, witnessing a robbery. Uh, Our local radio station, says Rona, who shall remain nameless, uh, actually had a what's your favourite biscuit and do you dunk it phone in. I laughed out loud because I thought of you and your vicar. Needless to say, I didn't join in. Rona's in darkest Wiltshire. That'll be BBC Radio Berkshire. Wait a minute. Oh, what is your favourite biscuit? Oh, call us now. Wait a minute. Oh, hello, Marjorie. How old are you, Marjorie? 107. What's your favourite biscuit, love? I don't know why the station's become northern any time soon. But that's what they do on those local stuff. What's your favourite smell? Your favourite sweet? Your favourite Christmas carol? Your favourite Christmas toy? Your favourite relative who's alive? You know, things like that. You have to go through it. Uh, you know, your favourite, so help me, I'm haunted like that kind of thing. I had a few relatives, says Dallas, who lived in Walton in Liverpool, where the two killer kids of James Bulger came from. They weren't homeless, but the families were well known in the local community as feral, feckless and always in trouble. That's the trouble. You you see kids out on the streets of London the early hours of the morning. Where are the parents? Where are the parents? The answer is they're probably flat on their back, off their face on something. Uh, John's in Preston. Any chance of a shout out for my darling wife, Gemma? Absolutely not. Absolutely. We don't do things like that. I'm sorry, this is not BBC local radio, OK? They have their own problems, mainly with the vicar, I think. Uh, Simon says, will you be visiting Winter Wonderland? I hope so. I hope so. I don't know when it opens. When does it open? When does Winter Wonderland open? Is it, is it soon? Not by Saturdays, in which case I've solved the problem where Jordan and I are going Saturday. We're going to Winter Wonderland. And am I being careful this time round? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it must be opening very shortly, because it's uh, it's a short season. It's got a, you have them up and down the country. We have one in London. They have it in Scotland. I think it's Birmingham, all over the place. 
And uh, I love it. They bring in all the big... Next week. Next week. Thursday. Oh, I can't do a Thursday. I can't do anything that's midweek. I'm useless doing anything midweek. That's rubbish. But uh, I, I quite fancy going to it this year. But it's only... It's, it gets packed. I mean, it gets seriously packed. It's, it's one of the busiest places you can ever go to. And uh, I love it. But the food is so pricey there. I went one year and I'm, I'm not normally mean when it comes to buying a portion of chips or a sausage in batter or something like that. And it, what were they charging for? It was something like five quid for a portion of chips. I thought you can stick it. So I was glad that they weren't doing business. It was also miserable. The weather wasn't very conducive. I don't mind if it's cold with a light dusting of snow or something like that. But I'm not spending a fiver on a portion of chips. You know, I'd rather give the money to charity. I think that's just atrocious. It's just rip-off. You know, I think everybody should be selling... I mean, even if you sell them at a pound, you make a profit. Goodness sake. The Chase. Jungle fever. And they've got people here from from the jungle. Um, if you know who they are, please, please nod in agreement. Stanley Johnson. Yes. Shappy Corsandi. Who's that, then? Who's that one? Oh, comedian. All oh, right, OK. Jenny McAlpine and somebody called Ian Lowe, something like that, Ian Lee or something, I don't know. Obviously not, not very well known, but they're all on the chase. How they did, I don't know, it was obviously filmed ages ago, ages ago. Uh, plus bosses have signed up this telly favourite, Eve Miles, who we weren't sure who she was. And now, now we know what she does. I'm still none the wiser. I'm none the wiser. After the news and uh, travel, LBC's political editor Theo Usherwood will be popping into the studio to explain... What we know so far about Theresa May's Brexit deal. I mean, has anybody quit in protest? We'll find out. Hopefully we'll have all the, uh, the questions and he will have all the answers. And that's uh, in a moment. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. So exciting. So exciting this morning. Papers are full of everything because not only is Prince Charles celebrating 70, but he pales into insignificance with Theresa May, who's facing judgment day, as you know, on the Brexit after securing a withdrawal agreement with Brussels. Tory rebels have cried betrayal. Will she quit? Will she not quit? What does it mean? I can only invite in Theo Usherwood because he's the only person who can unravel this mystery for me because I'm out on a limb when it comes to Brexit. I have to hold my hands up. Let's have a go. All right, let's have a go. What does now, it mean? Number 10 are saying that decisive progress uh, has been made with the European Union. They've reached a draft agreement for the withdrawal of the United Kingdom from the European Union. Right. Now, in terms of what that means is they've got a text on a technical level about how it will work. And what they need to do, this is Theresa May, she needs to get it through her cabinet this afternoon, meets at 2pm, and last night she was briefing cabinet ministers individually, one-to-one, face-to-face, uh, to make sure uh, that she could persuade them in person to back her deal. And then after Cabinet, there will be, uh, uh, there'll be a meeting, an emergency summit in Brussels with the 27 other leaders of the European Union, where Michel Barnier will ask them to sign up to the proposals. And he will say, this is what we've agreed with Britain. We think it's a good deal for the European Union. Please can you sign? And once that, that, once that pen has been put to paper, Britain has a deal for leaving the European Union. And then we can get on to the negotiation uh, of a future trade agreement. So can the Cabinet effectively this afternoon go, not interested? They could do. Can they reject? Well, they, they could do. They need to resign. If they're going to reject it, they need to resign. So, so there are three possibilities. And I think the most likely is that the Cabinet are going to support it. Right. You're then into, will somebody like Estimate Bay, the Work and Pensions Secretary, or Penny Morden, the International Development Secretary, or... Andrea Leadson, the Commons leader, go, 
this isn't for me. I campaigned to leave the European Union. I don't think this deal matches what people voted for in June 2016. This isn't for me. We're not, I'm not going to support this. And at which point Theresa May will turn around to them and say, well, if you're not going to support it, if you're not going to be a member of my government, I have to accept your resignation or I'm going to sack you. And they would go. Now, the third option... Is that she goes. Is that enough members of the cabinet go, <laughs> I'm very sorry, I've read the text, I listened to what you had to say to me one-on-one last night. This just simply isn't workable. As a cabinet, we cannot support you. Key figures in that, Michael Gove, the Environment Secretary. Yeah. If Michael Gove, he's, he's, he's become a bit of a shop steward yeah. for um, the Cabinet. If he goes up to the Prime Minister and says, listen, I've, I've spoken to Philip Hammond uh, in the Treasury, you know, Chancellor, I've spoken to... How many are there in the Cabinet? Jerry, uh, round number 25. Right, OK. They're, they're, okay. They're, I don't know the exact number, round number 25. Okay. Um, I've spoken to Jeremy Hunt, the Foreign Secretary... Um, and I've spoken to, on the other side, I've spoken to, say, Andrea Ledson, and we just don't think we can support this, then Theresa May would face, um, she'd face a, a decision she'd have to make about whether to step down. I just don't think... I don't think she's going to step down. I don't down. think she's going to do that. No. And I don't think, and I don't think we're in that, we're in that place quite yet. And I was speaking to people last night in number 10, and, and there was no indication that they were bracing themselves for that what they are bracing themselves for and where they do see there is a genuine problem is getting it through parliament right. which would come in late november um early december now that we've got to this um emergency summit providing cabinet sign this off and that's where they see there's a real problem because last night you had uh, the dup yeah. 10 members of the dup that's the uh, northern irish unionist party and they support they prop up Theresa may's government in give her a majority in the house of commons they don't like it because under this deal there's going to be a special provision for northern ireland to remain within the customs union whereas uh, uh, a customs arrangement with the european union which won't exist for great britain so there's going to be uh, a soft border of sorts down the middle of the irish sea and of course mm. the whole point of being a member of the dup is you want same for northern ireland as what you have uh, in mainland great britain so they don't like the deal the brexiteers don't like the deal Jacob Rees-Mogg, Boris Johnson, crying foul. This wasn't what people voted for. We're going to be a vassal state. We're going to be in servitude to the European Union. They're going to pick the rules and we have to accept them. We, we're, in a, we're in a worse place than we were before the referendum. And what's interesting is that also mirrors exactly what some of the Remain mm. Remainers are saying. Mm. Why, why are we signing up to something that puts us in a, uh, puts us in a poorer situation? Mm. Um, and so you have this unholy alliance with Theresa May between the Remainers on the one hand and the Brexiteers on the other ganging up on her. And so the calculation that she's making is that she's got enough loyalists within her party, mm. enough MP loyalists, and there are enough pro-European Labour MPs over the next few weeks she can persuade to back her deal, the Chief Whip can persuade. They can go over and they can say, now you hate Jeremy Corbyn so much. You know what he's like as a leader. You imagine him as a prime minister. You don't want that to happen. And, of course, if you vote against the government, if you don't support us, then that's exactly what's going to happen. Jeremy Corbyn's going to become prime minister. And that goes down, and I know people are going to get very upset about it, but that goes down quite well with some uh, pro-European, moderate Labour MPs who really don't like Jeremy Corbyn. And the way to stop there being 
the government collapsing, the way to stop there being a possible general election is to make sure that Theresa May gets this deal through. Now, the question is, does that number of Labour MPs, 30 maximum, outweigh DUP plus Remainers who are in Theresa May's own party who are unhappy? I was speaking to Philip Lee former Justice Minister, who resigned um, in the summer over the over what, the negotiations. He's going to vote against the deal. People like um, Ken Clark, they'll probably he'll probably vote against the deal. Anna Subri, plus the Jacob Rees-Mogg's of this world. And you add those up, does that out, outnumber the Labour pro-European MPs? And at the moment, it does. Hypothetical situation. You you think she's not going to resign? I don't think she's going to resign. No, I'm not. She's sure. not. She's not going to resign on her own volition. No, Somebody's going to have to say. If she Sorry. does, in a hypothetical situation, which might not, <laughs> might not become hypothetical, who would who would replace her? What would what would we have then? It then becomes very complicated. Um, but in short, the leaders, the Tories would have to find a new leader, and given. I think there's a feeling within the Conservative Party that having bypassed the membership last time, because, of course, um, it was it was going to be a straight contest between Theresa May and Andrew Leadsom. And uh, then Andrew Leadsom said all these things around Theresa May not having good judgment because yeah. she's uh, not, not being a mother. And I think there was a feeling that, you know, this would just be within the party. She couldn't fight this. She couldn't go out to the party membership. And, and fight a campaign against Theresa May. It just wasn't going to happen. So she stood aside, and there was a coronation with Theresa May. And in in a perfect world for the Conservatives, they'd have another coronation. But having but having not, as, and this was put to me by a senior Conservative, having not kicked the tyres with the last leader and saw what happened at the general election mm. in a campaign, I think there's a real, uh, real desire in the Conservative membership and amongst MPs, that the next candidate they, they pick, they have to put through their paces with a leadership contest. Right. And so then you get into a leadership contest. You then have to extend, try and go to the European Union and say, we need to extend Article 50 because we're just simply not going to be ready in time. We're going to have a leadership contest. You're then going to have somebody campaigning, I'd imagine, because Theresa May's deal is so unpopular, they're going to have to reject Theresa May's deal mm. and say that this is no good because no, nobody, nobody's going to... No, so we start again. So the next person... Uh, but, of course, the European Union have to agree to that. So, and then Jeremy Corbyn would say, well, hang on a moment. And Labour would say, legitimately, hang on a moment. If you've gone through this process of having a new leader and you want another go at negotiating, it's time for a general election. You can't... You, can't, you don't have the legitimacy, having rejected the deal, to try and just just surround this as a contest within yeah. the Conservative Party and pick your new leader and have Ooh, another go negotiations. Yeah, Because it gets ever closer, doesn't it? So it, it could all be shelved whilst we go for a general election. Yeah. Depends how, how strong she is, doesn't it, really? Depends she, how, how forceful I she think she. Be. I think Look, predictions in this game are really dangerous. Yeah. I don't like doing them. I never them. make predictions. Don't like doing them. <laughs> you, you, might, you might as well just won't. sack Theo or she'll get Mystic Megan. I mean, if you're going to do really? predictions. If, but if you're going to do predictions, just do that. But, but let's just, for a moment, I think today the Prime Minister will get through today and then there will be a summit. I think the sticking point, the bit where the arithmetic for Theresa May becomes very dicey is when it comes to that vote. That in, in and when will that vote occur? At the moment, we, we, we could hit um, November, December, early, late November, early December. Right. 
And there was a fear that if we hadn't hit this deadline, then we'd all be here. I'll be talking to you on Christmas Eve, Steve. We'd be tucking into our Christmas pudding, tucking and talking about Brexit. That's what you think? <laughs> I got, I got plans. <laughs> it's oh, it's a complicated one, then, isn't it? Yes, and it becomes it's immensely complicated if she steps down. If if they if they reject, well, there is a feeling within the Conservative Party. You know, if they reject it once, this was Theresa May's plan. She's stuck to it. And if she can't deliver it, then it's time to step aside. And we have to go, we'll go again. And then we have names in the frame of who could replace her. Boris Johnson, Jeremy Hunt. You'll be back in next week, I can tell. I've just got this feeling. Looking forward to it already. Already, I'm so thrilled. Well, thank you for explaining that. At least I know where I am at the moment. I'm just as confused as I was to start with. It all depends on how everybody reacts and whether or not she steps down. Yeah, and it depends, and and, and, and it with all due respect to certain individuals, it depends on, if there is going to be a resignation, how big an individual that person is within the cabinet. Yes. And, yeah. and, and if it's just, a, you know, if it's somebody like Andrew Ledson, the Commons leader, and Penny Morden, International Development Secretary, with all due respect to those two individuals, that is not the same as Michael Gove or Philip Hammond or uh, Jeremy Hunt. Boris? Well, Boris has already resigned. Oh, right. He might change his mind. <laughs> he might change his mind. Let's come back in. Another job but, 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 but the point, the point is, it's all about, it's all about the power balance. As long as she keeps it on side, she's okay. Excellent. Always a pleasure, Theo Ashwood. Thank you very much indeed. It's quite right. And Theo will no doubt be popping up with uh, Nick Ferrari uh, for breakfast this morning. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 24 minutes to 7. Nick Ferrari with you for breakfast at 7 o'clock this morning. He'll bring you the best and the latest reaction to Theresa May's Brexit deal. A former Tory leader, a former Deputy Prime Minister and the Deputy to the EU Parliament's Chief Brexit Negotiator will all tell Nick what they make of the agreement. He'll also find out how the row over fixed odds betting terminals might end and he'll be asking if the Madeleine McCann investigation should really be given any more money. All of that and more with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning from 7 here on LBC. Uh, Steve says, Peter, I having heard uh, Theo Usherwood's appetizer, I'm looking forward to Mr. James O'Brien's show at 10. Well, I thought 11 minutes would manage to encapsulate all of it. I mean, it was so perfect, it couldn't have been better. In fact, somebody says, does Theo ever go home? Well, I think the wife says he does. Yes, he's a, she doesn't know who he is, but he does go home. He must work 27 hours a day, says Joe. Oh, no, he definitely doesn't do that. There aren't 27 hours in the day. How can you work 27 hours in the day? You can only do 24 maximum. Uh, Andy in Brighton says, I've heard Katie Price is having a local auction to raise much-needed funds. Anything you'd like me to bid on? I can save you a seat on the night if you'd like. Yeah, I suspect it'll just be people gawping, won't it, as, as she descends into hell, I should imagine. Uh, Mike in Kings Langley says, Steve, trees up, lights on, decks all over the house, fake snow on the windows, presents bought and wrapped. Sprouts on low, tatties peeled, turkey basted, mince pies made, carol CD playing. Still six or seven weeks to go. What now? Kind of enjoy it. There is a bloke, isn't there? He's very famous because he has Christmas dinner every day of his life. That sounds quite exciting, if not a little bit expensive. And Anthony says, don't like to burst your balloon. I don't have a balloon and you couldn't burst it. It would be my bubble. But Christmas is just another day, you heathen. You heathen. You child destroyer of dreams. He says, put the money in the Christmas card so the kids can buy what they want half price on Boxing Day. They don't want to go out on Boxing Day. They're on holiday. Kids don't go out on Boxing Day. You, my dear sir, are a humbug. You're one of these, ooh, grouchy, grouchy, ooh, you know, 
Christmas is just another day. Might be in your household. <laughs> Not where I'm going for Christmas. It's another whoopie doo day. I went to a garden centre near Lincoln the other day, says Chris. They were charging £5.50 for a baked potato. Here in Lincolnshire, we can buy 25 kilo sack of potatoes for that sort of money. Needless to say, I didn't buy one. That's quite cheap, actually, because I know how much a sack of potatoes is. Anywhere between about 11 and 20 quid, depending on, on what sort of potatoes you get. Uh, somebody says, I'd rather be talking about my favourite biscuit, not the flavour of Brexit. Uh, there you go. That's another BBC local person. They creep into this one to, so they can fed up and go, I was, I was listening to another radio station and they, they, they were talking about Brexit. Could we talk about Brexit? And the vicar will go, I don't think so, no. Let's talk about, you know, people starving in other countries and what you can do to help them. And the answer is quite a lot. If you're a primary school kid here, according to all the experts, you should be talked about lesbians. I don't really know how how often that sort of crops up in the primary school education curriculum at the moment. Uh, Britons are more likely to turn our noses up at what than the cuisine of any other nation. Apparently it's French food. We don't hold out a lot of store for the French, you know, even though producers learning French, you know, speculative Deutsch, but with French. And um, it's, it's, it's a kind of because it's always sort of frog's legs and snails and puppy dog's tails and things like that. And so people go, they'd rather have German. It's a bit more substantial, a bit uninteresting, but, you know, that's a bit better. So if you go out to a restaurant, they go, oh, it's French. And they go, I don't think I'll bother. They did that in a, in a thing once. What was the television programme? where someone? Oh, that's right. It was, I think, Man About the House. And she'd gone into hospital to have a baby, Tessa, Tessa Watsoface. And, uh, and she was talking to the woman in the next bed. And the woman said, oh, you know, what does your husband do? And uh, she said, oh, he owns um, a restaurant. Oh, that's nice. Perhaps we'll come and visit. And so she said, yes, it, it's French food. And the other woman went, perhaps we won't. Because people had this thing about French food. Um, somebody says, uh, I think you'll find a sack of potatoes around £4. I think not. I think not. I don't know where you're shopping. £4 for a sack of potatoes. God, do do tell us the local fish and chip shops around our way. It'd have an absolute field day. Really late for work. Good excuse, says Mark. Um, train was cancelled. Bus was cancelled. Accident on the road. God, I tried to get here. You know what it's like. Uh, Steve Allen, it's my 20th birthday. Seems like most people's birthdays are in early November. Well, quite clearly not. It's just you. I haven't had anybody else's birthday today, 20 or otherwise. But it's, it's a good age to be, isn't it? 20. I wish I was 20 again. I think 20 must be quite a good thing, provided you've got a bit of money behind you. You know, if you haven't got any money behind you, then being 20 must be miserable as sin. All your friends going, oh, are we going out in the town tonight? And you go, oh, I don't know. I've seen people, I've seen the television programmes. God, they're boring. Seriously, the dullest people. On these reality shows, I mean, seriously, then they've got some serious illnesses. Uh, the Daily Star this morning, Emily spies her ideal jungle bloke. As I say, you won't know who she is. Nobody knows who she is. Even her agent's not too sure. Uh, Boy's Own. Remember Boy's Own? Boise's Own? Here they are. This is Ronan Keating, Shane Lynch, Keith Duffy and Mikey Graham say they brought something fresh to the music industry. What was that? Apparently, it's Screaming Girls. And they believe top Korean boy band, BTS, now have a new angle. Keith says, being Irish, I guess we brought something fresh, even if it was just naivety. Being Irish, you've got anything to do with being a boy band, has it really? But uh, he says, as long as there are teenage girls, there's going to be boy bands. I know, and as long as there's boy bands, there's going to be gay boy bands. You know, I'm just waiting for a complete gay boy band. You know, that would be absolutely hilarious. Jake says, if Theresa May steps down, could you be Prime Minister? I wouldn't want to take the pay cut. Seriously. I'm not, I'm not cutting my salary. Like Nick Ferrari said he was going to be Mayor of London. Then he looked at the salary and decided it wasn't worth it. Will you, says Chrissy, try the Marmite sprouts from Iceland? Probably not. Probably not. 
And somebody says, I can honestly say you couldn't pay me enough to listen to any BBC radio station. Uh, LBC for me, but my favourite biscuit is malted milk. <laughs> you see, and that's why you're destined for somewhere else. Uh, uh, I, Theo, says this one here. Uh, thank you for your summary on Steve Allen show. I love the way that people write to Theo via me, like I'm the postman. He says, is it fair to say that these politicians on both sides care more about their own positions than the country? E.g. Labour MPs stopping Corbyn. Unbelievable and appalling. Well, you don't think these MPs care about the country, do you? They're all lining their own pockets. That's why, how do you know when MPs are lying? Their lips are moving. Did you see that thing on the telly the other night? And they were, they were trying to... It was so clever. And they, they, they took a reporter and he said, here is me filmed saying something about Brexit. Whatever it happened to be. Da, 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 da. He said, now look, you can now superimpose the bottom half of my face with somebody speaking Russian. Somebody speaking Russian. And it matches up exactly. He said, that's why uh, Trump did that in America. He claims he doesn't know anything about it, but what lies he tells. And that was that poor CNN reporter, Jim Acosta. CNN are suing... The White House, they've named all these different people. Because about, there's about 60 journos have this accreditation. It's lovely. Natasha says, I'm, I'm 50, so I thought I'd share. So it's her, her birthday. 50, I'm not sure 50 is good. Is 50 good? I don't know. I suppose so. My exceptionally tight Yorkshireman father once asked us if we'd rather have Christmas on the 27th of December so we could save a few quid and we'd get more presents as well. We declined. The same father also encouraged us to have bars of chocolate at Easter instead of Easter eggs as you got more chocolate for your money. Oh, well, I can tell you that one, Alan. That's absolutely true. Chocolate Easter eggs are so expensive. You'll pay for all the packaging. In fact, if you melt down that chocolate into a bar, it'll be a pretty pathetic-looking bar. So it's, but it's also cheaper to eat smoked salmon than it is to eat fish fingers. Price per pound of you take the fish out. Tell me you've taken the, the coating off of that little piddly bit of fish in the middle. You're paying for all the coating on the outside. Smoked salmon is cheaper to eat. Mind you, you might not like smoked salmon. I uh, I enjoy eating smoked salmon. Uh, Dawn Neeson talks about scruffy Jezza, just doesn't uh, respect. And uh, they're basically saying, you know, would you actually turn up to your parents' funeral in a trackie? The answer is no, but of course he doesn't care, does he? Why He doesn't care about the war dead. Not remotely interested. I've just bought um, three sacks of standard jumbo potatoes... Uh, £9.25 a bag. So you're right, says Kevin, the restaurateur. Yes. Uh, Moen Barnett says original boy band would be The Bachelors. Smile for me, my Diane. Oh, I love The Bachelors. I sat next to them once at a, at a Water Rats thing. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, it's The Bachelors. Their first record was The Sound of Silence. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Oh, look at the time. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. The good news is if you live in Richmond and you've been suffering with Thames water, you're apparently trying to pump out a bit of piping down off Richmond Bridge, which causes endless delays every single day, the Richmond Council have decided to start fining them. Somebody apparently poured concrete into a, into a pipe and they've been having to try and clear it out. Once they've found out who it is, they should be fined really seriously. But the delays every day are a nightmare. You get the bus to try and get from Richmond to Twickenham, and you just sit on Richmond Bridge while two people with swing boards for go and stop faff around. I mean, it tails back practically to Richmond Station. It's dreadful. But anyway, the council have had enough, so they're going to find them as well. I'll tell you what I did see the other day. I was luckily in time to catch this morning with uh, Pip Schofield, ever the, the consummate professional, and one of the worst presenters I've ever seen, Rochelle. Seriously, I've, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder, can she read? 
She seems to make a mistake all the time. She, she can't work out what her voice is, whether she's trying to be posh or whether she just sounds as common as that, and she can't read anything. It's dreadful. Seriously, I'm not surprised he sort of voted for her. It makes him look brilliant. At least he can read the auto cue every day. I've seen, you know, dreadful mistakes. It's awful. It really is awful. However, good news if you're looking for something to buy. Devon knows how they make it so tasty. Yes, Ambrosia, Devon Custard. I mean, you could just eat it out of the tin. Just lie me down and pour it in. It's up for sale after profits plummeted. Premier Food are in discussion. They also make Mr Kipling's Cakes, Bisto and Oxo. And um, they're, they're, they're looking to sell it. Quite fancy that idea. Don't you? Fancy owning your own custard company. Ah, God, Lord. Uh, Dave in Harlow says, I sell 20 kilo sacks of potatoes all day today. I'm in Ipswich. Tomorrow off to South London. South London, sorry. Eight quid a sack. There you go. Eight quid a sack. Uh, Sitting on my bed, says Michelle, wrapping Christmas presents, listening happily to your programme and viewers' remarks. Always bring a good start to the day. Well, you won't when you hear this story. This this is one which has cropped up from Perth, uh, up there in Scotland. It's a homeless man who went to his local doctor's surgery and was left humiliated. I've got no idea why. People just find offence at everything. Because they wrote on his prescription, the address was a bench. Which is, you know, that's what it is. Scott Cummings claims he was made a laughing stock. Well, nobody would know, dear, would they, unless you sort of read it out to everybody. He says, I couldn't believe it when I looked at the label and saw the words bench by the River Tay. A spokesman of the practice said, we can't talk about that. It's an individual thing. <laughs> well, it's quite funny, actually. If that's where, where your home is, because you don't have a fixed abode, so they put a bench. There you go, and we can deliver it to the bench. At least now they know where it is. Jackie in Feltham says it's my hubby Albert's birthday today. Is it everybody's birthday today? It's unbelievable. Just saw Peter Andre's fragrance on one of those cheap shopping channels, fourteen ninety nine. Says it makes every female feel loved. Number sold, nine. <laughs> Actually, I saw one of those, those gem uh, things. You know, they sell sort of diamonds. Usual sort of things for people who want to sort of spend, you know, a small amount of money. And at the moment, they're actually flogging naff candles, which apparently, after you've burnt the candle out, which is going to take you weeks and weeks and weeks, you can use it for keeping your glasses in. And she said it with a straight face. The rubbish they're selling now. It's obviously they found loads of things that are dirt cheap that were going to be thrown away. And they sell it. I mean, I thought they were selling jewellery. Now they've started selling sunglasses, naff candles... Sunglass, naff cat, what the other thing? Oh, a, f- a biro that comes with it. And she's has to sit there and flog this tat. I felt so sorry for her. So sorry. Uh, small correction with apologies, says Chris. Man about the house with Paula Wilcox and Sally Tomset, alongside Richard O'Sullivan, and the spin off Robin's Nest, which had Tessa Wyatt, who married Tony Blackburn, and Tony Britton with Richard O'Sullivan. All right, make a big deal about it, just because it's Wednesday. Best excuse I ever heard late for work, my brother parked his helicopter on the drive. So I couldn't get the Porsche out of the garage, says Mike. Genuine tale. Genuine tale. I'm, qu- I'm quite sure. People tell all sorts of fibs, don't they? You know. What was the other thing? There was that you had to take a note in to your, from your parents if you were going to be late at school or something, or you were off sick. I'm terribly sorry that li- little Johnny couldn't, couldn't make it today, as I'm sick. <laughs> I, I tried that once, actually. It never worked. Uh, first visit to the Magic Circle last night. Uh, great close-up in the lounge before the show. Looking forward to your evening show on December 23rd. Big hello to my old ready-steady cook pal, Phil Vickery. And that's from Patrick Anthony. Bless your heart. I'm glad you enjoyed it, the Magic Circle. It's lovely. We'll be doing the Christmas show down there. We've got two shows. And uh, very much looking forward to that. Oh, front pages. I think there was something. Uh, the Daily Star, you've got six more months to find Madeline. No chance. 
I mean, seriously, I know that the police go, we have another lead, but there again, they've been having leads for the past God knows how many years. Uh, Judgment Day, Theresa May, Daily Mail. And how old are you now, Grandpa? So they've got a picture of uh, Prince Charles with his uh, sons. I wonder if he recognised them. And their respective uh, wives, one with loads of children and one with a child on the way. The son have got the same story, except they've, they've got the early picture. Uh, the early picture of Camilla saying, look, look this way and smile to little, little Charlotte, which is quite nice. The Daily Mirror, uh, May's Brexit D-Day, rabies dad horror. God damn, don't want that back in town, do we? And Lisa Riley's incredible Christmas party dress diet. Drop a festive frock size in four weeks. There you go. Perhaps we should pass it on to Gemma Collins. Because she's, she's not having a good day at all, as you will discover uh, when you hear my, uh, my little bit extra. And uh, happy birthday for Warren. <laughs> he says Cliff is on his way back into the UK promoting his album for the next three weeks. So you may see him on television. You may even hear him on Steve Allen's programme which is nice. And um, he does ask the question, is Theo hot? Is Theo hot? I don't think he's... Theo, in all his born days, has never been asked if he's hot or not. You'd have to ask the wife. I think that was the... And she'd probably say, yep, he's hot. Not as hot as Steve Allen, but hot, nevertheless. This Brexit deal is best for Britain, say the Express. Charles at 70, a portrait of a very modern royal family. What's modern about it? They're not working. There's nothing modern about it at all. In fact, they're steeped in history. They only do it through history. They can't do anything else. They don't know about modern things. Uh, here's uh, Grandpa turning 70. I do quite like Prince Charles, though. I think he's a bit off on a cloud, but I quite like him. Uh, unlucky in love. The story been running throughout the morning. It's all your mum's fault. And uh, here's the family all lining up. And uh, Harry and Meghan. She looks like she's about to fall over. She looks like she's had a sherbet. You can just tell, can't you, really? Uh, also, deal done. This is the eye this morning, and uh, it's got a picture of Theresa May summoning the cabinet. You had all those uh, details on the programme with Theo, who will no doubt be popping up a little bit later on. And The Guardian, finally, Trump's liar-in-chief, the power of Sarah Sanders. These people tell lies, don't they? And then try and prove it. You're not a very nice person. Somebody wrote to me and said she was doing her job. You think, ooh, a Trump supporter. Boo hiss. Boo hiss. Matt Hancock, uh, Hancock the health secretary, trade secretary, Liam Fox, Andrea Lidsom, Lidsom the, the leader of the House of Commons, and the Chancellor pictured in Downing Street yesterday. Let's wait and see what happens, shall we? This'll be a this'll be an interesting one. I've got to go. I've got to go. It's been absolutely lovely being with you this morning. As per usual. It's not really Warren's birthday, he said. It's just you said it was everybody's birthday, so I thought I'd say wish me happy birthday. <laughs> Mad as a fruitcake. Listen, just before I go, let you know what's coming up on the free podcast for today on The Little Bit Extra. I'll tell you all about the Strictly Producers and some very unfunny comedian called Sean teaming up to sell their tours. Plenty of tickets available for both. Yep, Sean is going to dance with that dancer he snogged again. Nope, I don't care either. We'll also hear about the latest outburst from the pricey woman. Now she's having a go at Peter Andre's lovely M's and the current boyfriend and just about everybody else except the person who caused her troubles herself. Plus, I'll let you know who turned up to the big fantastic Beats premiere, Beasts premiere outside last night. From Eddie Redmayne to the controversial Johnny Depp and some teenager from Essex from the Wright family. Yes, really. My little bit extra is totally free and is available very shortly from wherever you get your podcast from. Please make sure that you download the LBC app as well as listening to LBC wherever you are. You can listen back to this and all the other programmes from the last week for free on the catch up feature. Just download the LBC app for iPhone or Android. Tap on Catch Up. On a big day for the future of this entire country, James O'Brien will be here from 10. But first, the analysis and the reaction to the Brexit deal begins with Nick Ferrari at breakfast. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Sunday from 5am.